RetroSeasons.com for more sports history. The Oakland A's faced the Cincinnati Reds at Riverfront Stadium for Game 2 of the 1972 World Series on October 15th. The A's led the best-of-seven series one game to none, and this is the NBC radio broadcast of Game 2, featuring announcers Jim Simpson and Monty Moore. I'm Jim Simpson, along with Monty Moore, and welcome to Cincinnati and game number two, and it is top coat and turtleneck weather this afternoon. The temperature right now, 51 degrees, expected to go to 60, but the sun has already begun to sink down below the stadium on the right field line side. And again this afternoon, that means, as it was in the playoffs, that sun field and left field will be very difficult. Today's pictures, left-hander Ross Grimsley, 22 years old, a 14-game winner, and he won a playoff game against the Pirates, allowing just two hits, is already warming up. The right-handed Captain Hunters, 21-game winner for the Open A's, has not yet begun to warm up. Well, he's got to be happy, but it's not all over yet because he's got uh, possibly six more games to go. But he is the voice of the Open Athletics. The A's do lead the Reds one game to none. and has got in Monty Moore. Thank you very much, Jim Simpson, and hello once again, everybody. Certainly, uh, is an understatement to mention the fact that the Open A's are not overconfident to win the World Series, but they they do certainly feel a lot better at this time than they did yesterday. They were decided underdogs, and to come out and win the first game here on the road in the World Series meant a lot to this ball club. Running down on the field now is one of the great men of our profession, sports announcer Red Parker. And Red has uh, been assigned the duties of emceeing a very special presentation this afternoon that will involve many names, men that you know, honoring the first black athlete in Major League Baseball 25 years ago. Red Barber at one time was the voice of the Cincinnati Reds, but I'm sure you also know that he had great prominence and fame as the voice of the Brooklyn Dodgers, for whom Jackie Robinson played, and that he wound up his distinguished broadcasting career as a broadcaster for the New York Yankees. Red now in semi-retirement, writing books, and as we said, the commissioner of baseball, Jackie Robinson and his family, and others of years gone by are now just off the pitcher's mound on this sunny but cool day in Cincinnati, and Red is down there now awaiting the signal that uh, he is to begin the ceremony. And now let us go down to the field and Red Barber, one of the greatest baseball broadcasters of all time, the old redhead, Walter Red Barber. Friends, welcome to the second game of the 1972 World Series. This year marks the 25th anniversary of the entry of the black athletes into Major League Baseball. Today we are about to honor the man Branch Richards selected to lead the way, who set a brilliant example for all to follow. He is Hall of Famer Jackie Robinson. I'd like to have you meet one of the greatest shortstops of all time and the team captain during Jackie's 10 superlative seasons with the Brooklyn Dodgers, Harold Pee-wee Reese. And here is the first black man to play in the American League. He had an outstanding career, mostly with the Cleveland Indians beginning in the summer of 1947. Larry Dodis. 
one of the great British pitchers in Dodger history. A one-time teammate of Jackie, Joe Black. And now the president of the Dodgers, Peter O'Malley. Also here to help honor Jackie, the president of the National League, Carl Sabini. The very lovely lady standing alongside Jackie is his wife, Rachel. Next, their daughter, Sharon. Their son, David. And their friend, Kate Thomas. And now to present baseball's award to Jackie Robinson. Here is the commissioner of baseball, Mr. Bowie Cruz. Thank you, Ed. Jackie Robinson is something special. Special as an athlete, special as a husband and father, special as a human being. Baseball is proud of Jackie Robinson, who has dedicated himself to help others in the crusade against drug abuse. As most of you know, President Nixon named Jackie to his all-time all-star baseball team. Even more significant, the president singled out Jackie as the greatest all-round athlete he has ever seen. The president has requested me to read the following telegram. I am honored to do so. Here are the president's words. Baseball has known many moments of greatness in its long history, but none has been as significant or compelling as that April 15th afternoon, 25 years ago, when Jackie Robinson and eight other Dodgers took the field for his appearance at first base. Baseball had come of age. It opened its doors to a part of our society which had been wrongfully excluded from the major league. It is especially fitting that today, in the midst of baseball's most exciting event, the World Series, we pause to honor Jackie Robinson. His place among the superstars of baseball is already assured. Every fan knows of Jackie Robinson's accomplishments in professional ball. What is less well known, but also of great importance, is his work with the youth of America, especially in the field of drug abuse. I am sure that I can speak for every concerned parent in thanking him for this vital contribution to the lives and to the future of our young people. It is through such dedication and determination today, just as it was a quarter of a century ago, that lives are enriched and strengthened and our country made a better place for all. Signed, Richard Nixon.
Jackie, your untiring efforts on behalf of drug prevention and drug rehabilitation among the nation's youth have been outstanding. In memory of your son, Jackie Robinson, Jr., you have dedicated yourself to helping young people, particularly at Daytop, a drug rehabilitation center in Connecticut, where Jackie, Jr. and Daytop gave so much to each other. I am pleased to have this opportunity to present to you this symbolic baseball honor. Jackie, with congratulations and thanks and all our good wishes. Thank you very much, Commissioner. I would just like to say that I was really just a spoke in the wheel of the success that we had some 25 years ago. And personally want to say thank you to a great captain, a guy who was the leader of our ball club and who really set the pace in many, many areas. Pee-wee, thanks so much for being here today. I would like to also say that I would be a real, real pleasure if Mr. Ricky could have been here with us today, but to the members of the family, my entire love and gratitude for the things that he's done over the years. And I also want to say how pleased I am that my family can be here this afternoon and to thank baseball for the tremendous uh, opportunity that it has presented to me and also for this thrilling afternoon. I'm extremely proud and pleased to be here this afternoon, but must admit I'm going to be tremendously more pleased and more proud but I look at that third base coaching line one day and see a black face managing in baseball. Thank you very much. On this sunlit afternoon in Cincinnati, Ohio, and Riverfront Stadium, the 25-year anniversary of Jackie Robinson's entry into the Major League. And now, Tony Martin, the entertainer with the Ohio State University Marching Band. We'll play and sing for this crowd of better than 52,000 as the teams come out from both the first and third base dugouts to take their place in the sun. Our national anthem. A's have come out along the third base line, standing just in front of their dugout, and the Reds, dressed in white and red, of course, along the first base line. And now the announcement for Tony Martin, who today, uh, I would guess you would call the color a very pink suit. A black sombrero he's taken off and has held over his heart. And Tony Martin, now sing for our national anthem. Sung by Mr. Tony Martin. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light What so proudly we hail at the twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes and bright stars Through the perilous night O'er the ramparts we watch Were so gallantly streaming And the rocket's red were The bombs bursting in air Gave room through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say does. 
starting lineup for game two of the World Series in just a moment. Well, yesterday's game, if uh, those of you that didn't get it, Gene Tennis, who is a 225 hitter during the regular season, and Ryder Blue, who only won six games in the same span, well, they led the A's yesterday to a 3-2 victory over the Reds in the opening game. There were 52,000 fans there in Cincinnati, most of them followers of the Reds, but they were saddened by the outcome. Tennis clouded two homers to account for Oakland's victory. His first wallop came in the second inning with George Hendrick, a replacement for the injured Reggie Jackson, scoring ahead of him. The second homer broke a 2-2 tie in the fifth, and the circuit drive proved to be the winning run. Tennis was hit with 15 times in a row before he drove in the winning run with a single in the final playoff game against the Tigers. During the regular season, Tennis had five homers to his credit, with only 32 runs batted in. And both of his homers came off losing pitcher Gary Nolan, and they also set a record. First two times up at bat in a World Series, and he hit home runs. The Ohio State University marching band leaving the field and at home plate. Pete Rose has brought out the lineup for the Cincinnati Reds. Nick Williams out there, the manager of the Oakland A's. The umpires today, Jim Honachick, will be behind home plate from the American League. Mel Steiner of the National League at first base. Frank Umon of the American League down at second. Bob Engel of the National League in his first World Series over third base. Bill Haller of the American League along the left field line. And Chris Colacutis, who called balls and strikes yesterday along the right field line. And we will get to those starting lineups in a moment. But right now, from Cincinnati, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. At 790 and 1420 in the Canal Zone, this is SCN Radio, an affiliate of the American Forces Radio and Television Service. Along with Bonnie Moore, Jim Simpson in Cincinnati, the Oakland A's will lead it off with shortstop Campy Campanera. Batting second, the right fielder, Matty Alou. Batting third, Joe Rudy, the left fielder. Batting cleanup, remember Reggie Jackson hurt himself in the playoffs in Detroit and is out of the series. Mike Epstein now bats fourth. Sal Bando, the third baseman, bats fifth. George Hendrick is in center field replacing the injured Reggie Jackson. Gene Tennis, who hit two home runs yesterday to drive in all three runs and give the A's the opening, is the catcher in bat seventh. Nick Green is at second base, batting eighth, and 21-game winner Catfish Hunter is the pitcher. Now, Hunter does not have an overwhelming fastball, an excellent fastball, a fine curve, breaking pitch, and Catfish Hunter makes the good pitches. Very seldom does he have that ball out over the plate. Last season, or I should say this season just passed, Hunter won 21 and lost only seven, and his 750 percentage led the American League. For the Cincinnati Reds, switch leader Pete Rose will lead it off, Playing left field, Rose will be batting from the left side. This is where he hits best. Joe Morgan, another left-hander, is at second base. And Bobby Tolan is out in center field. Now, these are the three men that the left-handers, Holtzman and Blue, were able to contain yesterday. And Catfish Hunter must contain today if he is to win for Oakland. Johnny Bench, well, Bench had a great day yesterday, but he let off four times. And as everybody knows... The Cincinnati Reds do not win ball games when they've got Bench as a leadoff hitter. He's the leading RBI man, and he likes to come up with men on base. Bench now being introduced, the rest of the team taking the field. 
Tony Perez will be at first base. Dennis Linky is the third baseman. He's our Geronimo. He's out in right field batting seventh. And the only lineup change for either squad, aside from the pitchers, of course, is Dale Taney, a quick hitter, will be at shortstop to get him in there with his left-handed bat against the right-handed uh, Patrick Hunter. Ross Grimsley, a young 22-year-old, who won 14 ball games during the regular season and lost eight, is on the mound. Grimsley, as we said, had great success in defeating the Pittsburgh Pirates in the playoff games, winning in that game 7-1, allowing the two hits, both by well, incomparable Roberto Clemente, a single and a home run. Grimsley does have a good fastball. It is not as good as Don Gullett, who's scheduled to pitch game number three, but Johnny Bench says it's just that far away from being as good. Grimsley may benefit from the fact that he has Jim Honestick, an American League umpire, behind the plate. Because Grimsley throws the high fastball, and in the American League, they give you the high fastball as a strike. In the National League, they give you the low ball as a strike. So Grimsley, who has had control problems, may, as we said, get the benefit of Jim Honestick, the American League umpire, behind the plate. Grimsley was particularly effective against the Pirates because he was able to get the ball over and was ahead of most of the batters. He's got a good fastball, does not have a slider, Monty, but rather he cuts that fastball a little bit and has got a fine-looking curve. Problem? Control. If Grimsley's on, the A's are in for a long afternoon. Campy Campanaris, the weight's on deck, and he has been something else again, but uh, the man who's followed him all year long, I'm sure, is eager to talk about him and the rest of the A's. Let's call him again, the voice of the Oakland Athletics, Monty Moore. Okay, Jim, thank you. And here we go with game number two. Bert Campanaris from Pueblo, Nuevo, Cuba. Steps in to start another ball game. And did he start his auspiciously here yesterday with the crowd booing because of the suspension bat throwing incident that happened in the playoffs against the Detroit Tigers. Campanaris quietened him down with a line drive base hit to left field to start the ball game yesterday. He had two hits and three tries. Campanaris, the American League stolen base champion, six of the last eight years. Reds are playing him straight away and shallow in the corners. Here's the first pitch of the game, and it's a strike, says Jim Hanacek, and the crowd roars. Well pitched, outstandingly well defense ball game yesterday. Saw the A's winning 3-2. to two. Here's the pitch to Campanaris, high and away, hits the ball, 1-1. One and one. Grimsley is not a strikeout pitcher, oddly enough. He is this year pitched 198 innings, struck out only 79 batters even though he throws the ball very hard. Left-hander to the plate. Campanaris drills it foul into the seats over the top of the red dugout, which is located on the first base side of this beautiful stadium on the riverfront in downtown Cincinnati. Matty Alou and Joe Rudy will bat also here in the first inning for Oakland. Very fair park for home runs, 330 feet down the line in left and right, 375 in the power alley and 404 in dead center. The fence about 10 feet high. Campanaris takes the curve low, the first breaking ball that Grimsley has thrown. They tell us he's very inconsistent about how he pitches. He'll go out one day and be a breaking ball pitcher. The next day he feels better with a fastball, so he'll go 90% fastball. Here's the 2-2 pitch, and Campanaris fouls it back. I would imagine that Johnny Bench who, though is only 24 years old, is considered a veteran, might have a lot to do with what Mr. Grimsley throws out there in this game and others, because he definitely is the leader type. Here's the pitch. Campanaris bounces one of the second baseman, Joe Morgan, up with it. Lots of time. He throws him out. One down. 
there's Matt Hiller. The Oakland A's right fielder who hit over 300 for the year, mostly with the St. Louis Cardinals. The A's obtained him from the Cardinals August 27th in a trade for an outfielder named Bill Voss and a minor league player. Matty appeared in 32 Oakland games, and the A's were winners in 22 of those down the stretch. Grimsley's first pitch is a curve outside a ball. Red's infield playing very shallow on a loop, particularly Dennis Menke at third. He is inside the bag and towards home plate. Called strike over the outside corner, and Jim, that looked like that cut fastball to me. It was not a slider, but it looked like one, and for all intents and purposes, could be the same thing. That basically is how the pitcher throws a slider anyway, as they cut the fastball. Here's the one-on-one pitch, and Alou bounces it on the infield. Dennis Minky over to his left, up with it plenty of time. He gets him at first base. There are two down. And now here's the A's most consistent hitter through the 1972 season, Joe Rudy. Rudy was in the top five hitters throughout the season in the American League. Ended up with a 305 average and 19 home runs. And the Red scouting reports send their outfielder, particularly the center fielder, well over into right center. A gaping hole up the alley in left center field for Rudy. They do not expect him to pull the ball. He has hit several home runs, however, to left field. He's a right-handed batter, a big, strong guy. Lifts weights all winter to stay in shape. There's a line shot left field base hit. He headed right through where the shortstop normally would be playing. And on the pitch, incidentally, the shortstop Cheney broke to his left as it was on the way to the plate. It was supposed to be an outside pitch, apparently, and it was not, and Rudy yanked it right by where he had been. So there's the first hit for Joe Rudy in World Series competition, and it brings to the plate DA's strongman, Mike Epstein. Big Mike led the Oakland Ball Club and home runs this year with 26. He had a 270 batting average and knocked in 70 runs. Joe Morgan, the second baseman for Cincinnati, is almost out of sight. He's out in right field. Pitch is low and away, that seems. Their shortstop is playing almost on a line over the pitcher's mound and out around second base. Dennis Minsky about 20 steps over towards second. And Perez, the first baseman, is playing right behind Joe Rudy, not holding him on. Strike call, that scene. It's one ball and one strike. Yesterday's game, Epstein did not have a hit in three at-bats. He had one walk and came close to hitting one out of here. His first time up, he backed Geronimo to the wall in right field. Grinsley's pitch to the curve and it's bang foul past A's first base coach Jerry Adair. Adair was a player for Dick Williams, the A's manager, the last time that Williams was in a World Series, that was in 67 when he managed the Boston Red Sox to an American League pennant. One, two pitch of the curve outside and high. Two balls, two strikes, that team. Mike really looks him over. He takes a lot of pitches. He hit a ball yesterday that was headed to right field and on... Normal baseball fields for the American League would have been a base hit easily, but here Joe Morgan just went over to his left and threw him out at first base very easily. 2-2 pitch, curveball popped up, out behind third, near the stands. Minty going over, he may have a play on it. He holds up and can't grab it off. Just short of the stands to the far end of the Oakland A's dugout. Minty playing over for the left-handed full hitting Epstein and... Could not really get a visual sighting on that ball. Apparently, the sunshine 
which is very bright right now here in Cincinnati. Prevented him from picking it up exactly, and he didn't really go all the way to the wall after that one. Two balls, two strikes. Two out and one on in the top half of the first inning. Game two of the 1972 World Series. Grimsley sets the pitch on the way. Very close, and Epstein's got to have good eyes to take one like that. Speaking of Epstein's eyes, he had an eye infection which kept him out of the A's lineup for a period of 12 days this year. He wears contact lenses and got some kind of an infection in his eye. Now Perez will back up behind Joe Rudy. Rudy now will be able to get a few extra steps as they don't hold him on at all. Epstein ready at the plate. Here's the pitch. Swing and a miss. Saw a change up curveball. Beautiful pitch by Grinsley. So in the first inning, Oakland, no runs, one hit. No errors. There was a man left on. And after a half inning of play, the A's don't score. The Reds come to bat. Well, it wasn't surprising that a catcher was the key figure in the opening game of the 1972 World Series. But it was unusual that the hero was the Oakland A's catcher, not the Cincinnati Reds catcher. Gene Tennis, who isn't exactly a household name, achieved a remarkable feat by becoming the first player ever to homer in his first two World Series at bat to give the underdog A's a 3-2 victory over the Reds. And that was enough to overshadow Johnny Bench, who collected two hits, walked, and scored both Cincinnati Reds' runs in the losing cause. Tennis, who's only hit the American League playoffs, won the final game after his error helped to lose the fourth game, also made the key play in the field that ruined the Reds' best comeback hope. He called for a pitch out after David Concepcion let off the seventh for the single. Concepcion was going on a hit-and-run play, and he was gunned down at second. It was a controversial play because Concepcion insisted he never touched me. But umpire Mel Steiner said he was tagged out, and it was important because the Reds got two walks later in the inning. Now back to World Series action. Back in Cincinnati, Jim Simpson with Monty Moore. Catfish Hunter now taking his warm-up since he's had 21-7 and seven on the regular season, the best winning percentage in the American League, 750. He started the first and fourth games of the recent playoffs against Detroit, had no decision, worked 15 in the third inning, gave up two runs, 10 hits, and his own run average during that uh, 15 and the third inning span, 1.17. Yesterday, in trying to figure how the Oakland A's would how the, they would play the Cincinnati Reds were the overwhelming favorites, we made a point. A lot of people felt it was how they handled their left-handers, handled the Cincinnati staff. Today, it is the right-handers, and that means they're going to get Rose, Morgan, and Tolan all left-handers before Johnny Bench comes to bat as the first right-handed batter. Last of the first, there is no score. Rose steps in, and so does Mark. Hunter had trouble in the early innings in both playoff games against Detroit. But he's a bulldog of a pitcher and stayed right in there. Here's the first pitch to beat Rose. And it's inside for a ball. Eight years in a row, this great player has hit over 300 in National League play. He is held it without a hit yesterday. Down in a deep crouch. The pitch to him is high, high fly ball out in the left. Captain Harris, the shortstop, is back. Joe Rudy may run him off the play. He does, and the A's left fielder puts it away. There's one out. Here's little Joe Morgan, who lives in Oakland. Will be in business in Oakland this coming winter. And he has really been in big business here in Cincinnati this year. He had stolen 131 bases the past three years, ranking him among baseball's best base dealers, and he racked up 58 more this year for Cincinnati. A definite candidate for most valuable player in the National League. He hit 292. The pick to him is inside and low ball one. Also knocked in 73 runs for the big red machine. Fastball called strike. 
One ball and one strike. Jim Hunter, a control pitcher. And by that, I don't mean that he just doesn't walk many. Less than three a game. But a control pitcher in the major leagues is one who controls the strike where he wants it. Curve, swinging, strike two, and that one really turned the corner. A's catchers say you could catch Catfish Hunter in a rocking chair. Puts the mid up, and the ball is going to be very close to there. He's having his normal day. 37 starts, Hunter. Had very few bad games this year. Swinging strike three, he blew a fastball by Morgan. The inside part of the plate knee high. So there are two down now in the first inning, and here's Bobby Tolan, another of the exciting Cincinnati Red outfielders. As Jim Simpson was mentioning, mentioning yesterday, this guy has had an Achilles tendon tear not once but twice. A very serious injury to any athlete, particularly one who explodes away from the plate with the power and strength and speed of a Bobby Tolan. Bobby had a hit here yesterday. He hit 283 for the season and knocked in 82 runs. Gus ran up on the first pitch, and it is high for ball one. Mike Epstein, the A's big first baseman, is very, very deep on the right side, and Dick Green, the second baseman, is halfway out in right field. The pitch, swinging strike. One ball and one strike. You would look at a defense like this and look at a hitter with the speed of a Tolan and figure that if he could drag the ball by the mound, he would have an easy base hit. But on this carpet, not so. He just tried it, and he missed. Swinging strike two. Tolan trying to punt on a Hunter high fastball. We're in the first inning. It's about 15 degrees cooler than it was at this time yesterday, but bright sunshine. Foul ball. Back is Tolan. Took a rip at a Hunter fastball. One ball and two strikes. This left-handed batter can hit the ball out of the park. He hit eight home runs this year. And swiped 42 bases. Hunter kicks the white shoe of the A's in the air. Throws a breaking ball that is swung on a miss. The catcher does not see the ball. Now he picks it up. And Tolan standing at home plate is tagged out. Very disgustedly standing there. He never did start to run. Dean Tennis, the A's catcher, never saw the ball, which he had blocked with his miss. So, Catfish Hunter strikes out Morgan and Tolan. The Reds go one, two, three, and after an inning of play, it is nothing and nothing. Taking a look at old World Series, only one perfect game has ever been thrown in a World Series, and that's Don Larson's two to nothing masterpiece for the Yankees over the Brooklyn Dodgers in 1956. Two other Yankee hurlers came close. Bill Bevins was winging toward that elusive mark in 1947, also against the Dodgers, when Cookie Levagetto broke up the perfect game with a two-out hit in the ninth. And in 1927, the year of Babe Ruth's 60-home run season, slender southpaw Herb Pennock tried to share some of the glory coming the way of the Bronx Bombers. With the help of Murderer's Row, Pennock knocked 19 games during the regular season. The New Yorkers won the first two games of the 27 series from the Pirates, and Pennock worked game three. Hanna carefully noted the hitting personalities of the Pirates in the first two games, and when his turn came, he was ready. He retired Glenn Wright on a sharp grounder leading off the eighth. The next batter was Pye Trainer. Trainer laced a single to snap Pennock's no-hit in perfect game, and then Bennett chased him home with a double. But now back to 1972 and Cincinnati, Ohio. Now well, we have to comment on just what happened. Bobby Tolan went for a low pitch out of the strike zone, struck out swinging to end the first, and was so disgusted he never ran it out. Dean Dennis, the catcher, didn't know where the ball was. Tolan might have been safe. And uh, brought up Johnny Bench, the Major League leading RBI man. Now, for the fifth time in the series, which is only a little bit more than the game old, in the next inning, Bench must lead off again. He'll have no chance to drive and run, barring hitting a home run. But it's the top of the second. Here again is Mutt. 
Sal Bendo, the A's team captain who led the ball club in game-winning hits with 16, is up to start it off, and he fouls one right under us. Foul ball coming back over that screen. Looks as if it had a shot at us for a while. Strike one to Bando. He had a 236 batting average this year, some 40 points under his major league career average. But he had 15 home runs. He is a clutch player. Knocked in 77 runs for the A's to lead the team. Takes a good swing and fouls it back. No balls, two strikes. Ross Grimsley, they say, is as cool as a 22-year-old player could be. He showed it by pitching a two-hitter at the Pirates at a much-needed time for a good pitching job for Cincinnati in the playoffs. Now the 0-2 pitch to Bando. Knocks him off the plate a little bit. It's one and two. Bando was probably the youngest team captain ever to play in the major leagues and be so appointed by his manager. In 1968, only his second year in the majors, he was designated Oakland A's team captain. He has that kind of leadership ability. Curveball, line to left center field. It's a base hit. Over to cut it off with a leaping grab is stolen. Grimsley hung a curveball to Bando, who is a very good breaking ball hitter. And he ripped it to left center field. Base hit number two for Oakland, and for Bando, his first major league base hit in the World Series. Here is George Hendricks. A young fella who has an attitude a whole lot like Grimsley. He has not been around this kind of competition very much, but it doesn't bother him. The Oakland A's players call George Easy. He's at four home runs this year, batted 182, played very little, bouncing ball. Off the pitcher's glove, the second baseman Morgan over to the shortstop for one, back to first no double play. Cheney just missed the double play, and the way they missed it was that Grimsley, the pitcher, tipped the ball to the second baseman Morgan, who had it, I believe, all the way for what would have been an easy double play. Well, George Hendricks beats out the throw to first, and he's on for Gene Tennis. Gives the pitcher an assist on that play. And the crowd starts to buzz a little as Dean Tennis comes up. You know, they're talking about tennis pulling something yesterday and it being such an upset. There's a high fly ball out into short left field. Back goes Cheney and comes Rose and Pete picks it off. Hendrick goes back over to first base. There are two down. People in the National League seem to be very startled about the fact that tennis can hit the ball, but he has a lifetime big league average of 275, 280, somewhere in that vicinity, and though he hasn't played much for Oakland this year, he came on very strongly at the end of the season. And the A's aren't too surprised anytime tennis has a good day. Here's Dick Green, the second baseman. Had a disc removed from his back early in the season. Swinging foul tip. One strike count on Green. Dick was off to a super start for Oakland, was hitting 381 when at Yankee Stadium on a night of April 24th, a very cold night, he hit a ground ball to the left side of the infield and started running to first and just crumpled in a heap. Turned out he had a herniated disc. They operated on it very quickly, and you might call it miraculous that he's playing baseball here again. Pitch to him, a swung on, hit right up the middle, off second base into center field, a base hit for Green. Dick Green is on at first. George Hendricks stops at second base. And now the best hitting pitcher in the American League, Jim Caprice Hunter, comes up. Last year, Hunter hit 350 for the Oakland A's. And when he went to the contract table with A's owner Charlie Finley to negotiate his 1972 contract, they got very close. And finally, Hunter said, I'll tell you what. I'll settle for $50,000 only on one condition, that you call $45,000 of it for my pitching, $5,000 of it for my hitting. Charlie Finley said, you got a deal. So Hunter 
Here's a pitcher who got paid for hitting last year. A big time swing and a miss, a strike. Leonard bats him right-handed. Very strong guy, a 200-pounder. He hits a lot to right field. Grimsley set. Hunter hits a line drive left field. Base hit left field. Hendrick can score. He's rounding third. Here comes a total plate. Here comes Hendrick. Bench blocks the plate, but he doesn't get the ball. Hendrick scores. And the Oakland A's are leading the Cincinnati Reds one to nothing on a line drive base hit by Jim Catfish Hunter. The first play we have had at the plate in the World Series, Jim, and I was really interested in seeing how the throw from the outfield gets to the plate in a hurry on the bounce. It sure does, and now we begin to, uh, in this game of inches, as we always talk about money, realize that when Hendrick hits that ball back and was slightly tipped by Ross Rimsley, it erased any chance for double play. Had he not tipped it, they would have been out of the inning. A big, big consideration for sure, and Grinsley tipped it with the glove hand, which is the hand away from the side the ball was going. He lunged at it. It was a close play at first. You have to hand George Hendricks some credit for the speed and hustle with which he went down that line on what looked to be a sure double play. Now the A's have runners first and second, and here's the leadoff man, Campanera. So fix to him as a fastball too low at ball one. One of the few times in the last month or so of the season that an A's second baseman has batted his first time up for the man on base. Dick Green did. Kept the inning alive with a base hit. Now Grimsley picks to Campanaris is outside in high ball two and the little road runner is looking him over. And right away the bullpen crew goes to work for Cincinnati. Pedro Borbone who picked here yesterday. A right-hander is up loosening for the Reds. Green off second, Hunter off first, Grinsley set, Campanera gets one to left center field, base hit, Green rounding third, he's heading home, here comes the throw, it is going to be close, and he crashes in the bench, bench holds onto the ball, Green is out. He throws throughout Dick Green on a base hit by Campanera. Johnny Bench got that ball about four feet up the line, he was getting a real good dead man fake at the plate. So the Oakland A's score one run in the second inning on three base hits, there were no errors, and there were two left on. The score after an inning and a half in Cincinnati, Oakland won, Cincinnati nothing. Well, Bert Campanaris was scared witless. He admitted it. He was scared Thursday night, turning over and over in his mind the enormity of what he had done, so he got down on his knees. He was still frightened and clearly apprehensive as to what kind of reception he'd receive when he showed up at Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati Friday before most of his Oakland A teammates for a final workout before Saturday's World Series opener with the Reds. Have you seen this? Asked one newsman handing Campanaris the statement that was issued by Bowie Coon, the commissioner of baseball. And that statement, of course, had said that Campanaris would be suspended the first seven days of next season for deliberately throwing his bat at Detroit pitcher Laren LeGros in last Sunday's game at Oakland. Coon, however, was allowing Campanaris to participate in the World Series. I feel very happy, said the Venezuelan board infielder. It's fair. In no time at all, virtually all the reporters who had been behind the batting cage watched the Reds work out, moved toward Campanaris, and Campanaris said, beautiful ballpark, who has seen it for the first time, and now let's get back to that ballpark and more action between Oakland and Cincinnati. They were probably discussing that play. It took him out of a big inning, and that had been the fourth base hit, that one by Campanaris, in the inning. Last of the second, one to nothing, Oakland his month. Johnny Bench. A very unusual twist to the first game yesterday. The cleanup hitter ended up the leadoff batter four times, and here he is again today. Hunter's curveball, so he must strike at the letters. 
The National League home run and RBI champion Johnny Bench. He hit 40 homers, knocked in 125 runs. Hunter's pitch to him, a fastball over the outside corner, and he's throwing it in the teacup today. No balls and two strikes. Dick Williams is very irritated, I believe, it's the play at the plate, and the fact that Bench had the baseline so far blocked before he had the ball. There's a bouncing ball deep behind second throw. The first by Campanaris is not in time. Johnny Bench gets the base hit up the middle that Campanaris fielded in short center field. The leadoff man, Jim, Bench is doing quite a job. Led off yesterday and uh, had a couple of bases plus a walk and, of course, scored the first two runs as the leadoff man. Bonnie, I don't think we put it out to those who may not have heard yesterday. This is the most completely carpeted field in the major league. Only the sections around each base are uncovered. Only those sections have dirt. Everything else between the bases is carpeted. Bench at first. Here's a pitch to Tony Perez, and it's fouled off just to our left, strike one. Perez in yesterday's ball game for Cincinnati had a couple of base hits. He's knocked in 90 runs, six years in a row in the National League. Johnny Bench is still two bases in the playoffs. He's got a lead at first. Hunter gives him a look. Six to the plate. Perez takes a high-hanging breaking ball. It's one and one. The Oakland A's had five hits off young Ross Grinsley already. But it made him count for only one run. Hunter throws to the plate. Perez hits a high fly ball up third. Mando over near the stand. There'll be no play for the A's, Captain. So the scoreboard ticks off the second strike. It's one ball, two strikes on Perez. The first baseman. For Oakland, one run, five hits and no errors. For Cincinnati, no runs, one hit. And no errors. The last half of the second inning. Jim Hunter, who has won over 60 games, total the last three years. Comes to the plate with a fastball, moving Perez back a little bit. It's two and two. Hunter says that winning 20 games was a bigger thrill to him than pitching the perfect game, which he did, and is the last pitcher in the major leagues to do so, against Minnesota in 1968. Her ball of Perez takes it high at three and two. So this could be a mighty big pitch for Jim Hunter. With a runner at first base, Johnny Bench. Dick Green comes in a little more shallow now at second. Bench leads away. He might be going here. He's leaning. Epstein watches him go. The pitch is outside. Ball four. Jim Hunter. Gave up a two-strike base hit to Johnny Bench. He hit one right up the middle. And now Perez draws a walk on a 3-2 count, and the Reds as the tying and go-ahead runners on. And here is third baseman Dennis Lemke, who Sparky Anderson calls one of the best clutch hitters in baseball. Now Pando's going over from third base to talk to Jim Hunter. Pete Rose getting two shots at runners at the plate. Got one of them. Dick Green was the runner, and he is not close to back to his full running speed, which he was actually a pretty fast runner. Minky squares around, bumps the ball foul off the first baseline. But Geronimo and Cheney do to come up following Minky. The Reds trying to move Johnny Bench up. The A's yesterday wore a California gold top to their uniforms. Today they're wearing a Kelly Green. 
They always wear what Charlie Finley calls a polar bear white pants, and they wear white baseball shoes. They were the first team to deviate in the major leagues from the normal black baseball shoe, but today several major league teams wear varying colored shoes. Chicago White Sox wear red shoes. One strike to count. Runners first and second. Nobody down. Last half of the second inning. The A's have a pickoff play on down at second. The ball goes into center field. George Hendrick in to pick it up. Finch goes over to third and going to second is Perez. That throw from Hunter went right over the bag, but Johnny Bench coming back in, crashed in to Dick Green, and Green did not catch the ball. The A's executed that play quite often this year. They would start their shortstop towards third base, hoping that the runner at second would go over that way, figuring second was not being covered. Then the pitcher Hunter wheels and covers second with a throw. Dick Green got over there. The throw went right over the bag. It'll have to be an error on the play, and now the A's infield backs up. The pitch to Minke, swing a high fly ball off first base near the stands. Epstein is over, no play. The throwing error by Catfish Hunter. The A's pitcher moves Banks to third and Perez to second, and now the Oakland A's would be content to give up a run on a ground ball on the infield unless it happened to be hit very sharply to Sal Bando. Campaneris has a good enough arm that even though he's playing short, and playing it very deep, he could take a shot at the plate. Hunter working off the full windup. Here's the pitch. Menke takes inside of all its one and two. Hunter really needs a strikeout right here. Menke is a tough strikeout. Shorten's up on the bat with two strikes on him. He's up on the handle, four or five inches. Around comes the arm, Hunter's pitch to the curve outside. Sharp breaking, which is on the way at the swinging front three. They see the high and right And that's what that pitch will be first back out of the game. Fire is the Bell Geronimo. And Chris Williams is out of the backyard on the way to the mound. Jim, what do you think you might have in mind here? Well, as long as he's kept for the mound, I would imagine my hand, even in that very baseball expertise, also whether or not to put Geronimo on with an open base and set up the possibility of a double play. We shall see. He has got his uh, scorecard out. He is talking to the infielders, and as he does, we pause 30 seconds for station identification. In football this afternoon, NFL action. In the first period, Cleveland uh, and Chicago, Thomas has scored a touchdown. 41-yard pass from Douglas to Thomas. The extra point by Percival. The score now is Chicago 7 and Cleveland nothing. And in the first period, a touchdown by the Jets, a run by Riggins. The extra point by Howfield was good. And the score now, New England, or New York Jets 7, New England nothing. And let's pause now for station notification. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service. Catfish Hunter does with Cesar Geronimo. Pitch around him a little bit, not giving anything too good. First base is open. We'll see his month. Hunter pitching to a 275 hitter, swinging at a mess on a good live fastball. So the A's are going right at this fellow. Cheney carried a hot bat through the last week or so of the National League playoffs. So Dick Williams is going to take his chances right here with Geronimo. Runners second and third. The pitch on the way. Swinging strike two, and Hunter is just challenging the batter now. He's not being cued. It's just rear back and let her go. You wonder, Marty, whether or not Dick Williams that paper he took out of his pocket might not have been his scouting report, coming and reminding Hunter what's the throw. No balls, two strikes. 
The pitch on the way. Curveball and he popped his foul on a play. Yes, it would be a little unusual that a baseball manager might take crib notes for a little conference out on the mound, but I understand that Williams had just that yesterday in his hands when he went out there. A scouting report. He also had in his other hand a look at the lineup card to see who was going to be batting next. When you're playing a team from another league, the A's never even play Cincinnati in spring training. They train in Florida, the A's in Arizona. Pitch, swing, and a foul out of play. Geronimo in order to knock in a run. Just has to hit the ball on the infield somewhere to the right side. They are so deep that the A's would be content to give up a run in order to get that big second out. Jim Hunter, the catfish as he's called, throws, misses inside, it's one and two. He started Geronimo off with two blazing fastballs, then threw a couple of curves. One was taken for a ball. Gene Tennis gives the target, it's inside again, the pitch, fouled off. Geronimo was late swinging at Hunter's first two fastballs, but it looks now as if he has shortened the swing up a little bit, knowing he's just got to make some contact. The score is one to nothing, Oakland. Last half of inning number two. But the Reds, right now, are in a great position to score. These are Geronimo. A surprise in a trade with Houston. He's up on the bat handle about three or four inches. Underwind, kicks, and throws high, and inside it goes to two balls, two strikes. To bet, curveball, back foul off first. Hunter throws two kinds of fastballs. He'll throw fastball over the top. That's a riser. And he has another that he cuts a little bit. And it sinks. It looks as if he was throwing the thinking fastball early to Geronimo. Two balls, two strikes. Bench from third, Perez from second, get the lead. Hunter's pitch on the way. Fouled away, and this, Geronimo has things all fouled up. Five or six in a row. He's just trying to get some. Piece of the wood on the ball. Entire field and black some giant, except for a little curve out and right, where Matty Alou, the A's right fielder, is standing. Battle goes on between Hunter and Tennant. The North Carolinian cut loose. Swinging crush three. He got another one. So there are two down. And Cheney is the batter with first base open. And Dick Williams is going out of the dugout towards the mound. This will be a second trip to the mound in this inning. Monty with first base open. He's calling him over here now. You never like to put that on, but the scouting report is on Ross Grimsley as a hitter. Not much. He's only had 14 hits in his life in 117 at-bats. All of those have been sinking. And again, you can look at it another way of a baseball man. The tying run is at third base to go ahead run at second base, of course, but you would like to get Janey and cut off any number three with Grimsley. Good kettle of worms for second guessing, Jim. Well, a priority of importance, I would imagine, Monty, as long as you got a one-run lead, you try to keep it. We'll find out what the answer is going to be. Kenny has been a hot hitter. He's a big guy. He's 6'1", 190 pounder. For the year, hit 250. 
The Ross Grimsley will have it on his shoulders. I would imagine that there will be people who will ask Dick Williams after the game, why did you even go to the mound to talk about this? And Dick will have an answer. <laughs> you can bet on that. If Hunter gets out of this, it'll be the kind of shot-hearted pitching that has made him one of the best in the American League. Now I don't know what they're talking about, Bonnie. Someone asked me with him yesterday. He, like most of the Oakland A's, wears a mustache, and it's slightly gray. Since when we started the playoffs, it was black. It's turned. It has been a wild, wild baseball situation in America the last 10 days. Here's Ross Gensley, a left-handed batter. Bases loaded. The pitch from Hunter. High above. 1-0. Cincinnati fans. Got that enthusiasm with a little vocal support for Grimsley. Hunter's pitch coming in there. High fly ball off third near the stand. Being chased by Bando and Campanaris. It goes into the seat. Hits the ball on a strike. Three players and two umpires converged on the same area. Down the left field line. Grimsley cocks the bat. Here's a pitch. Strike two call. Jim Hunter has had an exceptional fastball here in this the second inning. And he has needed every mile per hour velocity that he could get on it. Here's the one and two pitch. He struck out the side. That big Hunter displaying fantastic courage with a runner at third and nobody down. Strikes out Minky Geronimo and Grimsley. And after two innings of play, it's one to nothing Oakland. The United States has won the Davis Cup. Stan Smith defeated Romania's Ion Kyriak, 4-6, 6-2, 6-4, 2-6, 6-0, in a dramatic 3-1-half-hour tennis battle today in Bucharest to take the title. And that gives the U.S. team a 3-1 lead in the three-day meet, securing it of the Cup, no matter what the outcome of the last single match today. Smith's victory gives the United States the fifth consecutive Davis Cup win. An achievement that no other team has obtained in the post-war history of the coveted cup. But the reigning Wimbledon champion had more troubles with the 33-year-old Syriac than he and everybody else expected. Smith started getting very nervous and lost his service in the second game, allowing Syriac to move on to a 5-2 lead and take the first set 6-4. And the Miami Dolphins go after their fifth straight National Football League victory against San Diego today at the Orange Bowl in NFL action. They go to the top of the third inning. Oakland leads one to nothing, scoring in the second. Bando led off with a single. Hendrick down to the ball back. The Grimsley cuts and possibly took off the double play. Hendrick reaching on the dealer's choice as Bando was forced to second base. After tennis slide out, Dick Green singled and then Hunter singled. And it was Captain Hunter singled that drove in Hendrick to the only one of the ball game. Captain Harris singled and they sent Green Hall, but he was out by a mile. You know, from all year, Monty can tell you this better than I. It's been a very aggressive ball club on the bases led by Campy Captain Harris. Well, Johnny Bench got down Captain Harris yesterday, along with fast runner Alan Lewis, as they tried to steal second. And Pete Rose today has had two chances at home play, but obviously, Monty, they're not going to change their game plan. They're running. They're aggressive. They lead one to nothing if we start the third. The A's theme all season has been make it happen, and that's the way they do it. 
Matty Alou. Right around to the A's, up, and tries to bang one by the third baseman. It goes foul. Dennis Minsky playing it very shallow, and Matty likes to go to the left side with an outside pick. He'll pull the inside pick. Grinsley delivers. Alou takes the curve high for a ball. Matty is 33 years old. He's from Santo Domingo in the Dominican Republic. A great little player, a great little man. He has been outstanding for Oakland. The curveball strikes called it's one and two. Matty has appeared in three All-Star games, the Championship Series, and the World Series before this year. So he has been there. Grinsley's pitch. Matty hits it on the ground to Dennis Minsky. And the red third baseman fires across to Perez. There's one out in the top half of the third inning. Here's Joe Rudy. Rudy pulled a sharp grounder through the left side of the infield for a base hit back in the first inning. It was the first of five hits the A's had so far in the game. one of the slowest players in baseball and getting into the home plate area. He always takes a lot of time, sort of regroups as he gets up there. Grinsley throws a curve that hangs high and outside to Rudy. Ball one. He knows one of the very few Major League Baseball players I have ever heard of who really believes in weightlifting as a conditioning process. Carl Jasinski at a minor weightlifting program the year he won the most valuable player award, 1967, but he doesn't go extensively at it. Rudy does, during the winter only, of course. Grimsley throws 1-0, and and Rudy takes a strike in the outside corner. It's 1-1 now. After the game today, these teams will wing to the West Coast, where they'll be playing in Oakland, California, on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday nights, the first time in the history of the World Series, three games played at night. Rudy fouls this pitch into the upper deck here. It didn't quite reach that far. Back over the right side of the dugout, almost to the mezzanine. One and two counts. Well, the weather in Oakland has been wet, they tell us. It's been raining for four or five days. The weatherman will turn it off for the night game Tuesday. Picks to Rudy is hit up into the air in the deep left field. That baby is really going to charge it. It is going, and there she goes. A home run for Joe Rudy. A large group of Oakland A's fans waving the white and gold pennant. Joe Rudy touches home plate with his first ever World Series homer. Amani, you'd never like to give up a home run, but when you're ahead of the hitter, one ball, two strikes, and give up the home run, that hurts. We had mentioned earlier that Joe Rudy can pull certain pitches for power. He just hit one way up into the seat to dead away left field. Here's Mike Epstein now, two to nothing Oakland. Epstein hits the ball sharply at Perez. First sacker corrals it, goes to the bag and steps on it there, two down. The A's have six hits off Grinsley. Here is Sal Bando, who had one in the second inning. The A's led the American League in home runs this year with 134. The Reds hit 124 in the National League. Yesterday, Oakland had two. Bando fouls his pitch off to the right side. surprising most baseball people, particularly National Leaguers, by jumping off to a one-game lead here yesterday. 
Mando hits the shot grounder to hit part of the dirt on the pitcher's mound. Goes to the shortstop. Cheney fires across for the out end. That's all for the A's here in the third inning. They pick up a run on the Rudy Homer. Nobody left in the score. After two and a half innings, Oakland two, Cincinnati nothing. Coming up in pro football today, the Miami Dolphins, the only unbeaten team in pro football, take on the San Diego Chargers in an American football conference clash. And in other key games, the Kansas City Chiefs, leaders of the AFC Western Division, are at home against the Central Division leading Cincinnati Bengals. The Dallas Cowboys play the Colts at Baltimore, and the Washington Redskins battle the Cardinals in St. Louis. Elsewhere, Chicago at Cleveland, Houston at Pittsburgh, Los Angeles playing the winless Eagles in Philadelphia, the New York Nets, or Mets Jets, rather, are at New England, Atlanta, New Orleans, Minnesota hopes to get back in the winning track against the Broncos at Denver, and Buffalo plays the Raiders in Oakland, and the New York Giants are at San Francisco. And in that Jets-New England game, at the end of one quarter, it's the New York Jets 7, and New England nothing. Chicago leads Cleveland by a score of 7 to nothing, and Miami has just scored. Now it's 3 for Miami and nothing for San Diego. Monty Moore, this is Jim Simpson, and Monty, oddly enough, we've been pointing it out, uh, this is only the third time in the two games that the Reds have started an inning with their top three men. Rose, Morgan, and Tillman, they need runs. These are the men that get on base. Jim Hunter pitching to feed Rose now. First pitch to him is Ryan to left center field. He's on base. George Hendrick over to pick it up, and Rose takes the turn off first and holds on. Yes, you know, Jim, they said, as long as you can keep Bench leading off, and it was certainly evident there in the last inning. Bench and Perez got on, but then the bottom part of the batting order is up, and Hunter mowed them down with strikeouts. Now, this red ball club has been a count from behind club all year long. They did it in the playoffs, and here is Joe Morgan to try to keep it going as Rose is on with a second hit off Hunter. Morgan struck out his first time up. Little left-handed batter draws the A's third baseman, Bando in. Rose leads away from first, Hunter to the plate, high pop-up behind the plate. Gene Tennis coming back, he may have a play right in front of the screen. He is under it, he's got it, Rose tags it first, he'll hold on. Gene Tennis very calmly coming back, he left his mask at home plate. And right in front of the screen, behind home plate, reached up and made the catch. And he's looking right straight up into the sunshine at that spot on the ball field. One down, here's Bobby Tolan. The score is open to Cincinnati nothing. A long home run by Joe Rudy gave the A's their second. Hunter's pitch, swinging strike. Oh, he's quick today. I've watched Hunter ever since he made his first pitch in the major leagues. He's never pitched an inning in the minors. And I've never seen him any quicker than he's been this year. Rose draws a throw as he got too far off the bag at first. One strike down. Swinging strike, Tolan, way, way out front of a hunter curveball. The Reds have the bullpen crew up going again. Big lead for Pete Rose at first. He's not going to pitch his foul away. Pedro Barbone was up a little while ago for Cincinnati. This is Wayne Simpson. Tolan sets with that bat very high. The pitch to him. High fly ball. Out behind short. Campanaris is going back. 
And the Azel shortstop puts it away, holding Pete Rose. At first, there are two down. Here's Johnny Bench. And with Oakland leading by only two runs, this crowd in Cincinnati starts to get a little excited. For the first time in the series, he comes up with somebody on base. Hunter really fixed him super the last time up, so Bench got a base hit. He got it off a great curveball low and away from him. He's just so strong, he muscled the ball up the middle. A big time is a fastball outside. His home run that tied the last game of the National League Championship Series went into the right field stand, but they say very few home runs go that way off Bench's back. Curve misses low, ball two. So Hunter knows his job right now. Not throw the long ball to Johnny Bench, who left the National League with 40. At one stretch, it's seven home runs in seven days in late May for a National League record. Here is a big pick, 2-0, and way outside, ball three. Johnny Bench looks at the third base coach, but I doubt if there's any real reason to do it. They'll certainly give him the green light to go here if he wants to on 3-0. and Here's the pitch. Right down the chute. He was taking all the way. Three and one. Rose led off the third inning with a single. Morgan and Tolan popped up. But now here's the big guy. Johnny Bench at the plate. Hunter sets. Here's the pitch. That ball hit up into the air. And a deep center field. George Hendrick going back with lots of room. Down it comes. He's got it. And the Reds are retired in the third. A hit. They left the man on, and the score after three innings of play, Oakland 2, Cincinnati nothing. Well, taking a look at the top 20 major college football teams yesterday and how they fared, number one, Southern California defeated California 42 to 14. Oklahoma defeated Texas 27 to nothing. Number three, Alabama defeated Florida 24 to 7. Ohio State over Illinois 26 to 7. Nebraska Womp Missouri 62 to nothing. Michigan defeated Michigan State 10 to nothing. Number seven Notre Dame defeated Pittsburgh 42 to 16. Number eight LSU defeated Auburn 35-7. As number nine was Auburn. Number ten Washington lost to Stanford 24 to nothing. Number eleven Texas lost to Oklahoma. Tennessee did not play. Number 13, UCLA defeated Oregon State 37-7. Iowa State lost to Colorado 34-22. Number 15, rated Air Force defeated Boston College 13-9. Colorado defeated Iowa State 34-22. They were rated 16. Penn State over Army 45-0. Arizona State, Utah 59-48. And Oklahoma State lost to Virginia Tech 34-32. We Hendrick Tennyson Green in the open fourth. Oakland leads two to nothing in the second inning. They got a run after Bando singled. Hendrick reached on the fourth play. Tennis fly out, but then Green kept it alive with a single and Captain Hunter. The pitcher drove in the first run. In the third inning, Joe Rudy not having a good time this last couple of days. He was 0 for 13 in the playoff World Series before today. Single in the first, in the third with one out. He hit the towering home run to make it two to nothing. Now, the Reds have not been without their chances. They have the leadoff men on, first and second, with none out, and Captain struck it out of the second, and then Rose let off with a single in the third, and they failed to score. So now we go to the fourth, and here's Martin. George Hendricks, the leadoff batter for Oakland, takes the call strike from Ross Grinsley, a 14-game winner for Cincinnati this year. They have a right-hander, Wayne Simpson, and another right-hander, Pedro Borbon, throwing in the bullpen. One strike count to Hendrick. He swings and chops one out towards the mound. Grimsley's got it. Turns and throws the first for the out. Hendrick pops the breaking ball. 
It bounced about head high. Grinsley off the mound in a hurry. Got it in through the first for the out. Now here's the A's Packer, Gene Tennis. They call him Steamboat in Ohio. The A's players call him Gino. Cincinnati fans were probably calling him something else here yesterday. He had two home runs. The first man in a long history of Major League Baseball to hit two homers his first two times up in the World Series. First pitch turn is down low, ball one. You become amazed as you stay around this game as many times as things have been done if there's ever a first anymore. Strikes in the outside corner, one and one. As one writer put it here in Cincinnati, not even Babe Ruth, not even Lou Gehrig, not even Dow Maxville hit two homers their first two times up in a World Series. There's a grounder, hits a short. Up with the ball on the short hop is Chaney and his throw to Perez is in time. There are two down. Second baseman, Dick Green. The last facet of this baseball game is that both center fielders, Tolan of Cincinnati and George Hedrick of Oakman, are graduates of the same high school, Fremont High in Los Angeles. Dick Green hits the ball in the air to straightaway right field. Easy play for Geronimo. Makes the catch, and the A's go one, two, three for the first time in the game. In the middle of the fourth inning, it's Oakland 2, Cincinnati nothing. Now it's time to give the small colleges equal time. In the small college action over the weekend, Delaware, number one, defeated Connecticut 32 to 7. Louisiana Tech, rated number two, defeated Arkansas State 38 to 17. Was North Dakota over South Dakota State 51 to 21. Cal Poly tied Fresno State 24-24. McKenzie State defeated Northeast Louisiana 31-14. Number 6, Western Illinois defeated Mankato State 15-13. Livingston State and Western Carolina played to a 14-14 tie. Carson Newman lost to Elon 16-9. And Drake defeated Northern Iowa 24-14. And number 10, Fresno State tied Cal Poly 24-21. Or 24-24. Jackson State defeated Southern University 21-17. Tennessee State, Virginia State. Tennessee State came on top 49-0. Nebraska Omaha lost to Northern Colorado 6-0. And Boise State defeated Nevada Reno 56-19 as Hawaii defeated Fullerton State 49-15. Massachusetts defeated Boston University 44-15. And Slippery Rock 17, California, Pennsylvania 7. Let's take a pause now for station identification. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service. In service for you. This is SCN Radio. 790 and 1420 in the Canal Zone. And we've got three more teams we forgot to mention. Western Carolina, number 18, tied Livingston State 14-14. Ashland defeated Central State 27-9. And East Texas State was idle. Last half, inning number four, Tony Perez is up. Jim Catfish Hunter misses high and inside with the first pitch. It's ball one. Perez, Mincy, and Geronimo for Cincinnati. Pitches up high, ball two, and Hunter, who walked Perez in the second inning, moving Fink over to second base. Now gone to a 2-0 count on him again. This respect might be certainly from the memory bank of Catfish Hunter. Hunter was pitching in the last half of the longest all-star game in history in Anaheim when Perez came to the place of the National League and hit a home run to right field to beat Hunter and the American League. So the Catfish never forgets those things, and he's pitching very carefully here to Perez. It's 2-1-1, the count. 
Okay, the ground up the middle, they said. Rares is on for the Reds as they continue to get that leadoff man on base. Don Gullett in the Cincinnati bullpen. Two to nothing, Oakland. That's the third hit for Cincinnati. Hunters kept them well scattered. They have gone to the leadoff man in the second, third, and fourth inning. Here's Dennis Minsky, who struck out with runners at second and third, and nobody down in the second inning. Well, ball on the right-hander goes back to work in the bullpen. Minsky takes a fastball, riding it on him for a strike. The bullpen here in Cincinnati is very close to the end of the dugout. Ordinarily in Major League Park, there's a special bench for the pitchers. They sit in the regular dugout here. Minsky looking bad on a curve. Misses back two. Two strikes. Nobody out and a man on. There's the hard slider that Hunter uses for a waist stick once in a while. It's outside and low. Ball one. Hunter doesn't really pitch around batters too often with an 0-2 count. He goes right after him. It's Domenke is a fastball right over the middle. It's foul back. Bucky Anderson hoping to get down to the pitcher's spot in the batting order, and he'll have somebody ready to go if he does. Here's the pitch. Menke fouls it off. Looks that time as if he were trying to go to right field. The ball was out away from him a little bit. Menke came up in the major leagues as a shortstop. He's moved over and has done a great job at third for Cincinnati. Here's the pick. Foul ball down the left field line. Hunter hung a breaking ball to him that time, and Minty went out after it with a vengeance. He can hit the ball out. He had nine home runs this year. And with a 233 batting average, 50 runs batted in, batting where he is in the order of Cincinnati is quite an impressive statistic. Pitch by Hunter. First time of the game, he's dropped down there and he missed it outside. Ball three. Makes that two balls, two strikes. He comes to the plate again. A ground ball hits the short. Campanaris has got it down a second. They got him there over to first. Got a pair as Epstein dug it out of the dirt. Campy Campanaris hesitated a little bit on his throw. It might have been because Dick Green was playing so deep he had to wait on him to get there at second base. So there are two down with nobody on him. Geronimo comes up. A's players, Jim, I think there's no doubt about it. They have really been shaky on all double play tries here on this artificial turf. Well, Monty, you got to consider that, and you also have to consider that if the A's do win this game and go back to familiar territory with a two-game lead, it's a different ballgame. Here's Geronimo up now, batting left-handed, and he drags one to the first base side hard. Mike Epstein has got it. Hunter gets out of the inning, and the A's have gone through four here in Cincinnati, leading the Reds two to nothing. And last night's National Basketball Association games, the New York Knicks defeated the NBA champion Los Angeles Lakers handily, 125-100. to The Boston Celtics with the Chicago Bulls, 96-88. Houston v. Buffalo, 121-113. Kansas City-Omaha won its home opener, 113-101 over the Detroit Pistons. 
Phoenix beat Portland 124-120. And the Milwaukee Bucks beat the Golden State Warriors 81-77. Dan Isle and Artis Gilmore combined for 35 points to lead defending Eastern Division champion Kentucky to a 131-10 route over the Virginia Squires and their American Basketball Association home opener. In other ABA games, Carolina trounced New York 126-78. Utah defeated Dallas 106-90, San Diego won over Memphis 135-118, and Denver defeated Indiana 96-90. In pro football this afternoon, New York Jets 7, New England nothing, Houston 7, Pittsburgh nothing. That's at the end of the first quarter, and a surprise, Miami-San Diego 3-3 at the end of one quarter. Along with Bonnie Moore, Jim Simpson back at Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati, Ohio, on a brilliantly sunny, sunny afternoon, the temperature now climbing for 60 degrees. The Red fans, more than 52,000 of them, a little shell shocked. They lost here yesterday 3-2, and they're losing now 2 to nothing. And some of their big men have gone quiet. As we go to the top of the pit, the A's will lead off with their pitcher, Captain Cutter. Normally, of course, as we always point out, this is something the opposing pitcher normally likes, because the opposing pitcher at back normally an automatic out. Captain Cutter is the best hitter. He's hit now safely in 11 of his first last 13 games that he has hit. And Catfish, with a single in the second inning, drove in one of the two A's runs this afternoon. A Grimsley's ready, bullpen stays busy with Don Gullick, scheduled to pitch the game on Tuesday, out there warming up. Sparky Anderson may be loosening him up. Sparky Anderson may be saying we can't go out to the coast. Two down. Here's a pitch to Jim Hunter, and it's low and away, ball one. Yes, World Series managers often make statements and make changes very shortly thereafter because it is just a seven-game series. Six to Hunter is outside of all. Yesterday, for instance, the World Series. The open A skipper, Dick Williams, had his eighth short reliever, Raleigh Fingers, up very early in that game. Here's a 2-0 pitch. Hunter takes one right down the middle of call strike. One of the very little touched upon highlights of this game yesterday by the press across the country was the job that Raleigh Fingers did coming in in relief. Six to Hunter, bang sharply towards second baseman Joe Morgan. Over to first, one down. Now here's the shortstop, Ernst Campanaris, who's had three hits in the series now. Two hits yesterday and one today. told a reporter yesterday after the game, yes, I see signs hanging out there once in a while, but I don't read English well enough to know what they're saying. Ross Kinsley looks into Johnny Bench, peering past the batter, Campanaris, who fakes the bind, fakes it high for a ball. Yesterday's game, the speed of both clubs, which was uh, much written about aspects of these two teams coming into the World Series, was shot down on Stealing attempts four times. Campanera sits one up in the air into right center field. Nolan moving over from one way, Geronimo from the other, and the right fielder, Geronimo, makes the catch. There are two outs. Jimson now has retired seven in a row since Rudy's home run. Here's Matty Alou. He's grounded out twice in this game to the third baseman. Looking for his first World Series hit up this year. Little left-handed batter, the smallest of the three Alou brothers who play in the major league. Matty was saying today that he felt kind of strange being here. He said as long as he was, as we, he was with the Cardinals up until late August, he was pulling for his brother's team, the New York Yankees, to get uh, into the World Series from the American League. And he said, boy, how things can change. One strike down on him, the pitch. 
Curveball hits Joffrey to the shortstop. Haney down, up, going to first in the dirt. Perez digs it out. And we've gone through half the ball game here at Riverfront Stadium in Cincinnati. The score, the Oakland A's 2, the Cincinnati Reds nothing. Now this message on behalf of the Survivor's Benefit Plan for servicemen. Military members can now provide an automatic survivor income of up to 55% of retired pay to widows and dependent children. The Survivor Benefit Plan, SBP as it's called, also allows persons retired to provide on a voluntary basis the same protection to their families. The program includes members of the reserve components of the Army National Guard and Air National Guard with participation starting at age 60 when retired pay starts. The government pays a substantial part of the cost of the new SBP, making reductions in a retiree's pay smaller for the amount of family protection gained. If you're a career member of the Armed Forces right now, find out about the new benefits available to your family through the Survivor Benefits Plan. It's a way to buy time. Time to get your family off on a good start. Time to finish the job that you may not be able to finish yourself. The Survivor Benefit Plan is another reason why a career in the armed forces is a good deal. And as we go to the last half of the fifth inning of game number two of the 1972 World Series, here is NBC's Jim Simpson. Thanks, Monty Moore. Carol Cheney will lead it off, and then Ted Newlander is out on deck and will bat to Ross Grimsley, who will depart. As the Reds find themselves in need of runs. They're down two to nothing as we start the last and fifth. Cheney was walked intentionally to load the bases to get at Grimsley back in the second. And Grimsley struck out. This time he lines the ball to left center field, charging as Hendrick and takes it. As Monty says, the A's called him Easy George, and he really eased over there on a pretty well-hit ball. Grimsley is gone, as we said. Ulander was up yesterday one time as a pinch hitter and struck out. Grimsley worked five innings, gave up two and run, six hits, struck out one, and walked nobody. Newlander, former American leader. The Reds looking for some runs. Catfish Hunter has driven in one run for Oakland. That was in the second. And then Joe Rudy, homers, in the third, and they're the run for the ball game. The Reds have had their opportunity. Newlander left handed batter, facing the right handed Hunter, puts one up the alley over quickly is Joe Rudy, and it's over the Pete Rose comes up. Rose is one for two. Last time up, he lined the first pitch for a single to center field. The rest are down, two to nothing. There's been absolutely no activity at all today in the A's bullpen, regardless of the trouble that Hunter has been in, and he's been in a little. Whereas the Reds bullpen has been busy from the beginning. Two reds, nothing. Rose, the switch hitter, batting left-handed. Newlander down at second base with one out in the fifth inning. Breaking pitch, he lifted high to right field, and Matty Alou is there. Newlander's not going back to tag up. Now simply runs back, and there's two out. Rose swinging at the first pitch again, and now Joe Morgan. And Morgan has been fooled very badly by Captain Hunter in his first two times at bat. He curved him for the second strike in the first inning and then blew a fastball right by him and Morgan struck out swinging. In the third inning, he popped up to the catcher tennis in foul territory. So Morgan, 
who led the major leagues in runs scored with 122, hit 16 home runs himself and drove in 73. Left-handed batter, Red Field, and he or Bench will be the MVP. Hunter throws, it's fouled off. Strike one to Joe Morgan. Reggie Jackson out injured. We notice is not using crutches today, but rather a cane. And now as we look, he is standing with a bat in his hand in civilian clothes down in the open dugout. Reggie missing. Here's the strike one pitch. Breaking ball. Epstein gets himself in front of it. First base now loses it. At the ball. Lost it for this glove. As he started for the bag, it would have been an easy out and said... Over to third base goes Ulander and Morgan is safe on the air. Now stepping in is a man... I was talking to Monty before the game. I believe is the key man in the Cincinnati lineup today. Now, I know Johnny Bench is the man who left the league in home runs and RBIs, but he is right-handed, and Captain Gunner can afford to do a little fooling with him. But Bobby Sheldon, a left-hander, a good hitter, will be up a lot with men on base, and there goes the runner to second base, swings out, gets off the mask of Gene Kenner. They had Morgan, who stole 58 bases on his way to second. Hoping that Tolan could rip a single and perhaps score both of them and tie this game up. Jim, you know something I've seen in the Cincinnati ball club in this series a lot of. With those good runners over at first base, their batters swing at that first pitch a lot even. With the pitcher up the other day and Geronimo trying to steal three straight times. They have that pitcher with swing, which indicates, of course, this guy's going on their own. And, of course, going to run another way. There are many batters around both leagues, Monty, that don't like anybody running while they're trying to take a good rip of the ball because, for some, it destroys their concentration. One strike to Tolan, the left-hander, going against the right-hander Hunter. Two are out. Newlander at third. Morgan, he was running at first. He's got one foot on the dirt, the other on the carpet at first base. Running last time. Hunter in the set. There goes Morgan again. The pitch strikes. Now throw down to third base and back quickly. Newlander, they just gave Morgan second base on the stolen base. No attempt there. They're just making sure they could hold Newlander. And now, Jim Hunter has got Colin down 0 and 2. Balls two strikes. Both were swinging strikes. Red fans, the Reds themselves feel here in the fifth inning, this is a big opportunity. Base hit could tie it up. Foul to the screen on the fastball. Still two strikes. Well, the great arms of Johnny Bench with the superlative yesterday, and tennis called a pitch out at an opportune time, guessing right to toss the man out at second base. The ball club did not alter the game plan. The running ball club's aggressive and both are playing that way now. Two strikes, two outs. Then a second and third. A curveball, check swing by Tolan. He fouls it off. Picked up by George Sugar. First base coach. The last six Cincinnati Reds. Ronnie was talking about swinging at the first pitch. The last six Cincinnati Reds have all swung at the first pitch. Hunter on the mound. They're playing Tolan straight away and deep. Ready with a two-strike pitch just in under the arms. He lifts him up, but it's an inside pitch. One ball, two strikes. Hunter's Monty pointed out to you, not overpoweringly fast, great breaking stuff, but he pitches to the spot. Larry Sheldon gets the ball out over the plate. They can get a good cut at it. 
One ball, two strikes. Comes back with the fastball and is popped up. Caponeris goes back, waves everybody off in a very definite manner and takes it. And they're out of the inning again. And again, they leave men on base. One hit, one error, and then left at second and third. At the end of five, it is Oakland two and Cincinnati nothing. Well, Preston Club is looking to the World Series record book, and in the 1920 World Series between Cleveland and Brooklyn, which Cleveland won five games to two, Bill Wongen, Cleveland's second baseman, made the only unassisted triple play of World Series history in the fifth game. With runners on second and first, Clarence Mitchell, the Brooklyn pitcher, had a sharp line drive to the second baseman, and that was Lombasson. Bill, who was running over to cover his bag, stepped on second base, retiring one runner, wheeled around and tagged the other runner who had run down from first. Mitchell had the unfortunate experience of hitting into five putouts in his last two times at bat, and he later grounded into a double play. Moving from baseball to golf, John Wyckoff has scored an easy victory over Lee Trevino to win the Piccadilly World Match Play Golf Championship at Wentworth, England. Wyckoff beat Trevino yesterday, 4-3 and three in the 36-hole final to win the top prize, $21,250. And now, back to Cincinnati in the top half of the sixth inning. We go to the top half of the sixth inning, and... Marky Anderson has gone to the bullpen to bring on a young right-hander by the name of Pedro Barbone. He came in and faced three batters yesterday and throwing a good overhanded sinker ball. He's got three batters that he faced to hit the ball into the ground for easy out. He is 6'2", 185 pounder, and he's from the Dominican Republic. And this year got into 62 games for Cincinnati, had an earned run average of 3.17. Walked 32, struck out 48, which indicates that as a relief pitcher, he just goes in and basically wants to hit the ball. Every World Series that comes along, if a pitching staff does a good job on another ball club, the man who scouted the team before the World Series started always gets a lot of credit. And Sherm Lawler, one of the great catchers uh, in Chicago White Sox history, a defensive whiz behind that plate, and a man who knows pitching when he sees it, and the manager of the Oakland A's Triple-A club this year at Des Moines, Iowa, was a man who has been scouting Cincinnati the last uh, week of the season, and from the way the A's pitchers have done so far, he must have done a pretty good job. Now ready for action again here in the sixth, and here's Jeff. Yesterday, Bobby, you were talking about the three-up, uh, three-down performance of Bourbon. and he got Bando Hendrick, and more importantly, he cooled off tennis, who had hit two home runs first two times up. And now he is coming in to face Joe Rudy, who singled in the first, and his home run gave the A's their second run of this ball game. That occurred in the third. So it's the three, four, five batters that the sinking fastball pitcher Bourbon, a right-hander, must face, and Rudy's trying to punt his way on. Good punter. Hank is declaring that it hit him out of the uh, box and that he should be out. But it's starting to go down. Anderson is coming down. Now they're looking down the third base umpire, Bob Engel of the National League, and he says that he's face. In other words, they're claiming that Rudy was hit by a battered ball out of the batter's box in fair territory and should be declared out. Johnny Bench took off his mask with Sparky Anderson very quick out to keep Mr. Bench in the ball game. And for those of you who are keeping score, you will know that when they go to the last of the inning, for an incredible six time in seven times at bat, Johnny Bench will be leading off without a chance to drive and run, barring the home run for Cincinnati. We're the right-hander, and they're playing Rudy, as Monty's been telling you, around to the right. He does get to the opposite field, but the last time up with a one-ball two-strike shot, he pulled his home run high to left. 
Breaking pitch, one of the few that uh, we've seen for a long show, at least in this series and playoff championships, is down to the right. It's two strikes. The man at the plate, Joe Rudy, led the American League with 181 hits. The man out in left field, who fielded his single in the first and watched his home run throw out of here in the third, Pete Rose, led the majors with 198 hits. Two strikes, it counts to Rudy. Lavon drops down, throws sidearm, but the ball is up high, and it's one ball, two strikes. Riverfront Stadium is very, very quiet. This is not what the odds makers felt would happen. This is not what the Red fans felt would happen. They dropped the game yesterday. They're losing the game today. One ball, two strikes. Another breaking pitch inside the line and just does get fouled. He was talking to you about how Joe uses a weightlifting program to remain strong all year round, and he hardly said that. And Mr. Rudy showed you some strength when he muscled that home run into the mezzanine section of Riverfront Stadium. Lavon is ready. Rudy back in the box. Right-hander to right-hander. There's the fastball, and it's foul tip. Bench holds on to it, but it's a strikeout. Second Oakland A to a struck out this afternoon, and here's Mike Epstein. Epstein struck out in the first. He grounded the first in the third. He is 0 for 5 in the series, and he committed an error that could have been possible in the last inning. But Jim Hunter bore down and got the man. And now we have the A's bullpen busy, Marty. Yes, that's uh, Joe Holland, a right-hander, and left-hander Dave Hamilton. It is down low and inside, FC. One row. Well, is ready and throws, and this is up high. 2-0. FC has... We've described to you, came up to the Baltimore organization, who's the minor league player of the year at Rochester, Baltimore traded in the way to Washington, where he's exposed to Ted Williams. And he looks over those pitches very carefully. And that's the strike on the outside corner. Epstein likes to key off what he thinks the pitcher has going for him that day. For example, Williams would key off a strike. He could afford to. That was Ted Williams. Epstein likes the period here. Hitting, and his money says he takes a look at a lot of Three and one. Tim, that bullpen is just sort of a workout session right now. Bob Locker's going out. Holland uh, and uh, Hamilton are sort of the middle inning relievers, and now we are beyond that without them having to work. 3-1 pitch, and Epstein takes the rip, and it's three balls, two strikes. We're in the Oakland six. Fly to the Bay Area tonight. Tomorrow is an off day. You get over that three-hour time difference, a little practice. Look at the other ballpark, and then they resume Tuesday evening. That ball is high and away, and Epstein has drawn the walk. And we'll have a pinch runner, I believe, right here. Uh, this is Dick Williams' procedure during the course of the year. is pinch run for Epstein in the late innings if he gets on, and then go with Mike Keegan on defense at first base. Alan Lewis, the Panamanian Express, a man who is on the roster for the World Series, and eligible because Reggie Jackson was injured, goes in to run for Mike Epstein. Well, you remember money, I remember, maybe those listening remember. Yesterday, the same thing happened, and Lewis, on the first play, tried to steal second base and was gunned down by Johnny Banks. On the first pitch, I should say, since coming in. First, he is running, he was running yesterday for the first time on this nearly fully carpeted, artificially turfed infield. But now they check Lewis over first base. 102 bases he stole one year in the minor league. Two nothing the A's. We're in the top of the sixth, and Oakland's got a man on with one out. Breaking pitch, and Bando, the batter, swings and misses. 
Dow singled in the second inning, the race on the fourth play, and grounded to short in the third. He's one for two. Bando left the A's with game-winning hits throughout the season, with 16. There's another quick check to first base, but has not driven in or scored a run since the regular season ended and the playoffs in the World Series began. Bando can hit home runs. He had 15 of them. High inside pitch, but he goes for it, and that's strike two. Key as we look at Pedro Bourbon today, Monty, is the fact that he is a thinking fastball pitcher and he's not getting the ball down low. He's made the one good pitch to Bando that was uh, low and that uh, was a breaking ball or a sinker, but it was down. But everything else has been up to him, and as you're saying, those sinker ball pitchers can be hit hard when that happens. Nobody now at the Cincinnati bullpen. I Anderson looking on from the dugout. The word is when Johnny Bench, the catcher, should happen to look towards the dugout while in his crouch. That means he feels that the pitcher has no longer got it. And his manager, Sparky Anderson, to get somebody ready. Two strikes now. Lewis not going. It stays high. And it's one ball, two strikes. And the conference bench had with his pitcher might have been as a result of a scouting report. Both Campanaris and Lewis like to run a lot on no balls, two strikes, which is unusual for base feeders, but they both like to do that. One and two. Lewis has both feet in the dirt area around first base. Not a big lead at all. Bourbon is taking a long look, and there goes Lewis, and there's a swing, a throw by Bench down to second base. They've got him at second base. And those strikes out into a double play. And Bench has put out yet another runner. All on so hits Joe Harrison. Bench, the Bench is on. Nobody left on base. We go to the last of the six. It's Oakland 2, Cincinnati nothing. Let's up. Elsewhere at the half, Pittsburgh meeting Houston by a score of 10 nothing at the half, the fair at 7, Cleveland nothing. Well, Johnny Bench, another incredible throw. That was a low-breaking ball out away from Sal Bando, and Alan Lewis got a tremendous jump off first base. Johnny Bench just overpowered him with another straight throw to second. Here we go to the last half of the six. It's still 2 to nothing, Oakland. Jim. And for the sixth time in his seventh bat to this World Series, Johnny Bench leads off an inning. Nobody on the bases ahead of him to drive in for the Cincinnati Reds. He's been up in the score, Captain Hunter, and we have a substitution down at first base, of course. Bench looks to punt his way on, but bumps a foul toward Alex Grammer. And that is that Mike Keegan, fine defensive first baseman, has come in. Well, that shows you how having Bench lead off can change the ball game around. Instead of a man who has hit 40 home runs during the regular season, and then the game-time home run in the last of the matches, the final game of the National League Championship, led the majors in RBI, he can't swing away to drive it runs because he's leading off. So Bench is trying to punt his way on so somebody else can drive him in. In the first, he singled. In the third, he sent Hendricks very deep in center field. Swinging on the 3-1 pitch. Strike one, the count. Fastball is popped up, foul. Coming back is tennis looking up. Now gives up on the ball as it falls in the seats behind home plate. Two strikes to Bench. Funny highlight when uh, Bench punted in. Reggie Jackson came up off the bench down at the far end and yelled out on the field at Tony Perez, the on-deck batter, and said, what's going on? Look, Jackson's still talking to him out there. What's he doing, Bunning, he said. Well, the Reds need some runs. They have not had too many. Bench has scored both of them. Up high. With the pitch, one ball, two strikes. 
That's the cutter, 21 and 7 on the season back, and he drops down side on with a breaking pitch outside. Bench holds up on it, and he started the swing. It's two balls, two strikes. That's about the second time today that we have seen Hunter drop down to the right side. Funny thing, you know, when you see a left-hander up there, you'll see that right, that first base coach back down the line a little bit, feeling that somebody's liable to pull one foul. Bench is up there, and Sugar's still down. Bench is a right-hander starter. That's where he can pitch his down low, and now it's on three and two. Bench got a two-strike single in the second, had a three and one in the third, and now he's up to three and two. Hunter working very carefully on it. Hunter has walked two men, one of those intentionally. There's into Gene Tennant. Has the sign and is ready to throw, and throws the fastball. It just misses outside. It's ball four. Bench is on. up Tony Perez. Well, Jim Hunter has not been able to retire today. A walk in the second and a single in the fourth. And as Monty pointed out, this is the man that beat Captain Center, 1966 Anaheim in the All-Star game with an extra inning home run. Two on ticket, two hours for the A's, none of which is hurt. The Reds are 0-4-0. Fastball is high and inside. Whoops, catches the inside corner and the fans go with... Jim Hanna takes the seven. They didn't think it was a strike, but it was. Strike one to Perez. Hunter backs off the mound. Gallant was out warming up. Now Raleigh fingers. White of blue is up and going down to the bullpen again. Breaking pitch just misses outside. One ball, one strike. White of blue has been quite a conversationalist here. He said he wants to strike. But I would imagine the Oakland A's staff is wanting. Should we start him? See, he was something in the final game of the playoffs, and he was something else again yesterday. He's a valuable man to have around, and if they can use him to nail down this second victory, I wouldn't be surprised. One ball, one strike, and Perez is swinging at a breaking pitch. It's one and two. This is the second World Series of Mike Egan down at first base in 1964 with the Yankees. He was in the World Series. And his dad. Jim Heegan was in the World Series of Cleveland in 48 and 54. So five and seven have done well. One ball, two strikes. This is fouled off to the right. Another that will go all oh, about 15 and 20 rows back in back to first base. Last of the six. The Reds going right to the heart of their lineup. Bench, Perez, and Menke, the four, five, six hitters. They have scored two runs in two days. Both of those scored by Bench, who is on a first base right now. Otter's ready with a new baseball. One ball, two strikes. Foul tip by Perez getting the good swing at a high pitch. One and two. And playing Perez straight away and very deep. Tony hit 21 home runs, drove in 90 during the regular season. One and two. Hunter's ahead of him, throws him breaking pitch. Bouncer down the band though. He goes to second base. Green comes back to first base. Safe at first base. Bench forced to second base. And that'll bring up Dennis Menke, who's had his problems today. Struck out swinging on a high fastball in the second and bounced into a double play in the fourth. He is over five in the series. Menke, like Perez and Bench before him, a right-handed batter. The red lineup goes Rose, Morgan, and Tolan all swinging from the left side. Then you get the three right-handers, and then you go back to the left side again, Geronimo and Cheney. 
plate. And so, ball is popped up foul. It'll make it in the seats behind home plate. Well, Jack Billingham was the early choice to go ahead and pitch the third game of the World Series on Tuesday night. Then we heard that Sparky Anderson might be going with Don Gullick. Gullick was down and warming up. A little while ago, it might have been that he was just loosening up. Or we'll say Billingham or Gullick for Tuesday. It'll be Blue Moon Odom for the A's on Tuesday. Dave Concepcion is going down now to loosen up a little bit. And the bullpen, pitch just misses. One ball, one strike to Macy. Geronimo swinging with that on deck. One ball, one strike. Accidentally hit. Hunter off the mound. Picks it up bare hand. Throws the first. Fine play. As down to second base goes Perez. That was a check swing. And it was just like a perfectly placed bunt between the mound and third base. And Captain Gunner Money showed me he can feel that position. He's one of the finest athletes the A's have. It's amazing uh, the ability to feel the position that the A's entire pitching staff has. I think John Odom might be one of the finest fielding pitchers to play the game since Bobby Chance of the old days. And Captain Gunner can do it all, too. That was just an incredible play right there. And I don't believe Bando would have been able to get in there and make the play. Geronimo. Has struck out swinging and grounded to Epstein at first base. Bando has gone down to say something to Hunter. Keegan and uh, Green are talking halfway between first and second and halfway out on right field to where they have to play there. And drawn him on the left hand about a step down. He's lead it two to nothing. Red's trying to get something to go. They don't want to leave for the West Coast in Oakland and the home park of Oakland down 0-2 in the World Series. Hunter ready and throws the breaking pitch. It's down low. And it's ball one to Geronimo. Down in left field called the Pirates a lot of trouble. Bill Rudy's out there in left field now. Reds are used to it in the late afternoon. The sun's right in their face. There's the ball hit high to right center field. The Lou and Hendrick are after it. Hendrick says, I've got it. And right center field puts it away. And again, the Reds go down. No runs, no hits, no errors. And one man left, Perez at second base. At the end of six, the A's lead the Reds two to nothing. His Oakland teammates figure he originally was baptized Fiore Kenichi. It comes out Fury Mike Tennis now, and although the A's must bag the milky white complexioned receiver, goes by his middle name and has more or less dropped the Fury, he still hits that way occasionally. I think he's going to be one of the greatest hitting catches there is, said Oakland owner Charles Finley Saturday. Another Ernie Lombardi, Gene Tennis is not, not yet anyway. But he did what no other major leaguer ever did before in Saturday's 3-2 opening game win over Cincinnati when he ripped home runs in his very first two-time drop in a World Series. I had no idea about that at all, said Tennis, who pronounces his name Tennis, as in T-E-N-N-I-S, and who celebrated his 26th birthday only four days ago. Tennis's grandfather migrated from Italy to the United States, worked in western Pennsylvania coal mines, and died in them. His father also worked in the mines nine years and then got out. His son, near Pittsburgh, rooted for the Yankees as a boy, and chiefly because he liked pinstripes and Butler had a Yankee farm club. Right now, let's pause for station identification. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service. This 
is SCN Radio, the voice of information in the Canal Zone at 790 and 1420. Charlie Jerky, the score now to Orleans 14 at 11 In the first period at St. Louis, Clinton Knight has kicked a 30-yard field goal for the Washington Redskins. And in the first period, the Skins leading the Cardinals 3 to nothing. This is Marty Moore with Jim Simpson. Seventh inning, second game of the World Series. Oakland 2, Cincinnati nothing. Here's Jim. George Hendry swings at the first pitch. Foul kicks at strike one. Facing Pedro Bourbon. Henry technically offered two, bounced into a fourth play, but scored the first run ahead of the single of Captain Hunter. And then chopped one back to Grimsley, the first baseman, in the fourth inning. Pitch is low, ball one. One ball, one strike. Bourbon in relief of Ross Grimsley, who started and went the first five innings and gave up both runs, including the home run to Rudy. Foul back. Above our heads, above the first box. It's one ball, two strikes to Hendrick. Well, we were telling you yesterday that the team that won the first game of the World Series 40 times in 68 tries went on to win the series. Pretty soon we'll be dragging out possibly those statistics that say if you win the first two, what happens? Fly ball, right field, Geronimo comes in and one-hands it for the out. That'll bring up Gene Kenneth. Two home runs yesterday, he is 0 for 2 today. 53,224, which beats the old record set here yesterday of 52,918, and they set a new attendance record in Cincinnati. Or Bone throws a breaking pitch that tennis fouls at the plate. One strike. Well, without Reggie Jackson, you just wonder how many runs the Open A's can score. Answer is thus far, they have scored enough. Scored three yesterday, and two thus far today. They're leading this one two to nothing after winning yesterday's opener three to two. Tennis for those two home runs. Bourbon with a one-one pitch. Swing and a miss, it's strike two. One ball, two strikes. Now there's more than one player in history has hit two home runs in a World Series game. Tennis is the first to hit two home runs in the first two times at bat. I bring this up again because our colleague on NBC television, Tony Kubek, as a Yankee, hit two home runs. There's a swing and a miss at a pitch outside. He couldn't hold up on it, and tennis strikes out. Tony hit uh, two home runs with the Yankees. Two out now in the Oakland seventh, and Nick Green is the scheduled hitter and is up there. Cincinnati has not scored in the last 11 innings. And there's the strike to Green. The only two runs the Reds have scored in this series were on infield force out plays at second base. Nobody has driven them in with a base hit. Strike one, the pitch to Green, and he swings to misses. Strike two. One for two to Green today. Stringled in the second to keep the rally alive with two outs and fly to right in the fourth. Bourbon has been most effective in this series as he was in the playoffs. Strike three. Green looks at it. And Bourbon has struck out four of the men that he has faced in the last two innings. A run, hit to error. We go to the last of the seven. Oakland two, Cincinnati nothing. The first six and a half innings, it's open two runs, six hits. They've made a couple of errors. The Reds, no runs, four hits, and no errors. Have to go all the way back to 1933, uh, Jim, to find a pitcher with the same consistency of the Catfish Hunters. 
That's the last time that a pitcher won 20 games two years in a row. And that pitcher was one Lefty Grove, who was just finishing up on a seven-year streak of 20 wins. Dale Kenny leads it off in the seventh inning. On ready and throws for strike on the outside corner. Joe Haig is on deck. As a relief pitcher, or rather a pinch-hitter for the relief pitcher, Pedro Borbon. Egg was on deck yesterday, but never got into the game. Back with the breaking pitch, it's too high to Cheney. One ball, one strike. So Borbon works a very effective two innings. He walked one, but he struck out four. And Tom Hall, the blazer, is up in the bullpen for Cincinnati. Cheney swings fouls this one off into the seats to the left, and it's one ball, two strikes. Who had an amazing 10 and 1 record with Cincinnati will be the next pitcher apparently as he has now begun to warm up. 1 and 2, Hunter throws, fly ball. Short left field, Rudy glasses down, coming on now. Campanaris gives way and Rudy has it for the first out of the Cincinnati 7. And now Joe Hayes is the batter. Hayes, former Cardinal. And as we said, was out on deck yesterday, but failed to get in. Joe hit 246 combined average between the Cardinals and here. Turns around and is looking as now stepping in. He is Haig. He was talking to Honestick about something and. Umpire Hunter was checking his card. Now Hunter's ready and throws outside ball one. He throws his on deck in this 2 nothing ball game with Oakland lead. Hunter, sun still shining, throws the ball to the foul back toward us in the press box, and it's one and one. Hunter, correct me if I'm wrong, Marty. You gotta get him early, am I right? Yes, that's been the case the last couple of months, and when he gets going like this, his control just gets nearly perfect. One one breaking pitch and drops right over for a strike. And Egg just shakes his head. Not in disagreement, perhaps in disbelief. He thought the pitch would stay outside, but the curve broke over the plate. One ball, two strikes. Hunter's been ahead of nearly everybody now, with a notable exception of Johnny Banks. This pitch is outside. It's 2 2. All continues to warm. No activity at all in the open bullpen. For a while, there was some activity that involved, among others, Bob Locker, Raleigh Fingers. White and blue. Here's the 2 2 pitch from Hunter. Breaking pitch, and it's lifted high in the right field. Matty Alou in the shade out there now ventures into the sunlight and takes it for the second out. Two out now in the seventh, and Pete Rose, one for three, is up. Rose swung on a 1 0 pitch in the first. The last two times up, he has swung at the first pitch. Joe Morgan on deck. Stepped in. Tennis signals to the outfielders that there are two away. Fastball is right down the middle, strike one. A Campanaris is in short left field, very deep, and Dick Green is almost in right field, very deep. Epsi not as deep behind first base on this carpeted infield, and there's another strike for the breaking pitch. 0 and 2. I said Epsi not even he's in this course at first base. Mike departs. 
Toronto takes off one time, takes the next, and the two strike pitch is way outside with the fastball. One ball, two strikes. We are in hot coats here this afternoon. Those of the sunshine, I imagine, can take them off, but temperature game time is 51 and climbing. Not expected to get past 50. One ball, two strikes, jamming in on the fifth, and he nubs a foul over the A's dugout down the third baseline. Still one and two to Pete Rose. Rose was 0 for 4 yesterday. He is 1 for 3 today. 1 for 7 in the series, plus a walk. Scored 107 runs during the regular season, but has not scored yet in the World Series. Breaking pitch outside, drum 2-2. Morgan, who led the majors with 122 runs during the regular season, has not scored. And there lies the key to getting the rest, if you can. Keep Rose, Morgan, and Tolan off those bases and keep Johnny Bench away from having a chance to drive them in. Thus far, they've been successful. Two and two is the pitch. He strikes out clean. A one, two, three inning for Catfish Hunter. At the end of seven, Oakland leads Cincinnati 2 nothing. Well, before this series even started, Red manager Sparky Anderson liked the look to the Oakland A's. But he liked the look to the Reds even better. Oakland has an outstanding club, Anderson was heard to say, while watching Oakland win the American League pennant on television from his office in Cincinnati. They definitely have a lot of talent, he said. They are far and away the best club in that league. Our scouting reports indicate they have excellent pitching and they have a lot of young, powerful hitters. But according to Sparky, Oakland isn't the best in baseball. This team, meeting the Reds, is the greatest, he said. We have everything a great team must have, power, speed, good defense, and tough pitching. Reds team captain Pete Rose saw one facet of the Oakland attack, which he thought might work in Cincinnati's favor. Oakland has a lot of right-handed pitchers, he pointed out. This should help our batters we do well against right-handers. But thus far, in games number one and two, the left-handers and the right-handers have thus far almost completely stymied Cincinnati's hitting and their power. Let's go back. The scoring in this ball game, which right now is Oakland leading 2 to nothing, came this way. The A's scored first in the second inning. Sal Bando led off with a single. George Hendrick had a bounce on the infield that the Reds just missed a double play on. That left Hendrick on at first base after tennis flying out the left. Dick Green got a base hit, moving Hendrick to second base from where he scored on Catfish Hunter's base hit to left field. The A's got another hit in the inning by Campanaris, but Dick Green was thrown out at the plate by Pete Rose to Johnny Bench. The A's got their other run in a lightning-like swing of the bat by Joe Rudy, a home run in the third inning. Cincinnati has had only four base hits, and they've been well scattered. Hunter is not allowed more than one hit in any inning. Hunter's been super sharp throughout the playoffs in 15 innings and two appearances against the Detroit Tigers. A very fine offensive team. He allowed only two runs. Now the new pitcher for Cincinnati is left-hander Tom Hall. He's calling the blaze a little guy, a six-footer, but he weighs only 150. An incredible record this year for Cincinnati. Tommy won 10, lost only one, and had eight saves. He struck out 134 batters in just 124 innings. Jim? Catfish Hunter, with his single in the second, drove in the first one of the ball game, as Monty just said, and then he grounded to second in the fifth. Up to the third time, one for two. Tom Hall, tall, very thin left-hander, stares in, now ready. He's got the good curve as well as the fastball and throws in the breaking pitch, strike one. Today's crowd, 53,224. That makes a two-day total of 106,142 at it. Cincinnati can come on and extend this thing, and they come back here next weekend. All seats for game six and seven are already sold out. The one-strike pitch swung on, fouled off. 
There will be some standing room only seats to go on sale as they have been for each morning here, yesterday and again today. Early at 7 o'clock this morning, people were on the way to get standing room only seats here at Riverfront Stadium. On it with a count of two strikes to it. Ready to throw. Up high with a pitch. Bent came up off his knees to grab that one. It's one ball, two strikes. The Reds had two runs on seven hits yesterday. Thus far today, they had no runs on just four hits. One ball, two strikes. And I think that uh, the Oakland lead is the ball hit to the right side. It's reflected by the quietness of the crowd. Perez backs up. He's in fair territory behind first base and has the pop-up of Hunter. That'll bring up Caponero. Sounded out in the first, singled in the second, and fly to right in the fifth. There has not been a hit of Captain Hunter. Except that there's not been a hit by the Oakland A's since the home run by Joe Rudy back in the third inning. They had one man on with a walk, and that's been it. Ready to throw to Campanaris, and it's down low ball one. But nearly the same thing happened in yesterday's game. After the home run by Tennis, which is the first hit since the third inning, they didn't come close again to getting a hit. They scored early and made it stand up. Campanaris ran up on the bat that time, but the pitch is low and away, and it's 2-0. and This is the one man that Tom Hall does not want on base. Caffinaris being gunned down by the throw of Johnny Bench yesterday. He's thrown out three players thus far in this World Series. Would love to test him again. There's a call strike. Two balls, one strike. Caffinaris trying to work his way on. Matty Alou, left-handed batter, will be the next to face Tom Hall. 2-1 pitch. Popped up again to the right side toward the Cincinnati dugout. Perez comes over and watches it drift in the seats about three rows back behind the Cincinnati dugout. 2-2. Two have committed two errors of field this afternoon, but neither has hurt them. They have fixed it for their two runs, including a home run. This infield of the Cincinnati Reds the last two years in a row has led the National League in fewest errors. It is a fine defensive unit. All is ready. It throws a 2-2 pitch. It's lined out to right center field. Colin is over and takes it on the run. Second out of the Oakland eight. That'll bring up Matty Alou. It was beat the ball into the ground three times today. Twice been thrown up by Menke, and the last time up, Cheney threw him up. Alou is a good fastball hitter, and I would imagine coming from the left side, as Tom Hall does, and he's got that good curveball. Matty's not going to see much of the fastball this time up. Two out, stands well back in the box now, away from the plate. And there's the breaking pitch for a strike. Strike one to Alou. Menke has moved in some, as he always does on a loo. He likes to get on any way he can. And facing a man like Hall, he might be trying to punt his way on there. And look, if this pitch goes high and away from him, one ball, one strike. Perez is in close at first base. Not fearing the vicious line shot. My loo that might get past him. But didn't want him to beat anything out down that way. Another breaking pitch, but it misses, and it's two and one. Right on the Oakland 8. We are in Cincinnati for the second game. Tomorrow's the travel day. We resume 
with as many night games are, as are needed to solve the series to settle it Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Down low, ball scoops between the legs of both Bench and the umpire on a kick. Bench picks it up. And it is 3-1 to Alou, who looks down to Irv Noah in the third base coach. On deck, having a great day is Joe Rudy. He's 2-3, for three, including a home run that accounted for the second open run. All is ready. And throws the breaking pitch that has him looking all the way. And a three balls to strike. On a 3-1 pitch, Hall, good curveball, did not hesitate to use it. Got it in the strike zone, it's 3-2. Comes back and throws a breaking pitch. The Lou lines it down the right field line and is drifting into the seat foul. Right behind the open mound of the Cincinnati Reds. Still three and two. So Hall again threw a Lou a breaking pitch. The batting is too far out in front of him. Because the ball was retrieved and given to someone in the seat that flipped up there. Three and two. Already comes back this time with a breaking pitch and it's foul of the plate behind the plate. And a loose steps up. Looking ahead to the Cincinnati eight, Joe Morgan, Bobby Tolan, and Johnny Bench. In this two to nothing ball game. Now still battling Tom Hall, the blade who throws the fastball this time, line drive, and it's a base hit. couldn't get Matty Lou with the breaking stuff and he fouled a couple off and they came in with the fastball and Matty Lou, a fine fastball hitter, just lined that ball to right field. They sit with two out and here's Joe Rudy. Single on the first pitch and the first was down a one and two count to Ross Grimsley in the third and powered one into the mezzanine in left field. That was the second run. He struck out swinging at a fastball in the sixth inning. Won by Pedro Bourbon. He got his two hits off the start of Ross Grimsley. Rudy, right-hander against the left-hander, Tom Hall. Swing fouls it off. This game will wind up as the 400th World Series game. This is really going back in the history books to be played to a decision. The point is there have been three World Series games that have resulted in time. Strike one to count. checks the runner, Alou at first base, and throws and catches the outside corner. Joe Rudy says no to Jim Honacek, but it's 0-2. And Rudy backs off. The shadows now have extended out past the first baseline. They've been out beyond the right field line all afternoon, but now it sneaks across the first baseline and is edging toward the pitcher's mound. That'll make it increasingly difficult as the afternoon goes on to pick up the ball off the bat out there in left field. Two strike pitch. Breaking pitch down low and away, and it's one and two. Tom Hall picked up in the deals of Minnesota. One of the many deals that Bob Housen made in changing around the 1970 one Cincinnati team that did not produce after its tenant of 1970. Of course, the bigger traders, Bill Morgan, brought here when Lee May and Tommy Helms went. Foul at the plate by Rudy, one and two. Geronimo is also in that Houston trade, and Tom Hall coming down from Minnesota was a big plus also. One and two. Can't get over it, Marty. This riverfront stadium is 
really quiet. The loudest noise you hear is a plane flying overhead. The Reds are down two to nothing. Rudy with a close set. Hits to right. Ready. There goes the runner. And the pitch is high. Bench goes down. And there's the stolen base. A Now, as so often happens, Bench is upset. Not with himself. All simply forgot that Alou was there. And he's a left-handed pitcher to boot. There's a big argument around the National League. Which is the better catcher? Johnny Bench or Manny Sanguian? Lou Brock, who led the National League in base stealing, said, I have a tougher time against Sanguian. People said, what? The on the bench? And he said, that doesn't have anything to do with it. The Pittsburgh staff does a better job of keeping us close to the first base. And Hall simply forgot a Lou, who is now down in scoring territory, and that's the first time that they've been able to steal on bench. The ball's two strikes, and the pitch is high and inside to Rudy. And now with two out, it is three and two to Rudy in the two-to-nothing ball game. Jim, I would imagine that with a catcher as a stature as Johnny Bench, a pitching staff might tend to be a little relaxed and say, Johnny will get him. I don't have to worry that much about it. Three and two, but Brock, as I said, uh, Monty prefers to steal on Bench only because he can get a bigger jump. And most bases really are stolen on the pitcher, not the catcher. Here's the pitch, ball four. Rudy draws the walk. And that means now that we're having Mike Egan. And Mike Egan is a story, and Monty, you follow the A's, and you know the story about the kind of year Mike has had this season. He's a utility man, a very fine defensive first baseman, and a left-handed pinch hitter, and this year hit over 330 for Oakland. He's just been a super athlete for Oakland, a great attitude, and they use him every way possible. All right, a lose down the second, Rudy on the first. Egan is a left-hander facing left-hander Hall and swings through the first pitch. It's strike one. Hall took something off that first delivery to Egan. There's Norm, third base coach, clapping it up. Scores Oakland two, Cincinnati nothing, and we are in the top of the eighth inning of game two of the World Series in Cincinnati. Oakland won the first game, leads the second. Got a breaking pitch for a strike to Egan. This time his hat was on his shoulder. It's 0 2. All is very difficult with that breaking pitch. The left handed batter. He kept giving it to Alou, couldn't get him out, gave him a fastball, and tossed him a base hit. Two strikes as Tom Hall peers in. Another breaking pitch, and Egan on three pitches goes down, swinging. No runs, one hit. No errors, and two minutes left. We go to the last of the eighth. The A's lead the Reds two to nothing. Let's update the professional football scoreboard once again for you. At the half, the Miami Dolphins leading the San Diego Chargers to 17 to 3. At the end of one period of play, the Jets over New England 7 to nothing. However, the Jets have picked up two more touchdowns. The Patriots, two field goals in the second quarter. So now the score is at least 21 to 6 in favor of the Jets. At the half, Pittsburgh with 10 points in the second quarter, leading Houston 10 to 7. At the half, Philadelphia over Los Angeles 17 to 3. At the half, it is Chicago leading Cleveland 7 to nothing. And uh, collecting another score, it should be Los Angeles 17 to 3 over Philadelphia at the half. The Rams leading the Philadelphia Eagles 17 to 3 at halftime. End of one period of play, Atlanta 14, New Orleans 7. At the end of the first quarter, Washington 3 0 over St. Louis. Later, Minnesota at Denver. Cincinnati will be at Kansas City. Buffalo will be at Oakland. And the New York Giants will be on the west coast of San Francisco. Monday night, Green Bay being entertained by the Detroit Lions. Right now, let's pause for station identification. 
This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service. Serving you from Fort Clayton and Fort Davis. This is SCN Radio at 790 and 1420. The Chicago Bears now a 10 to nothing lead over the Cleveland Browns. Back in the third period. Right now, let's go back to Riverfront Stadium. Jim Simpson with Monty Moore in Cincinnati. Last of the eighth, Joe Morgan. They call strike one. He'll be followed by Tolan and Bench. This is Jim Hunter's big inning. If he can keep Morgan and Tolan off the bases before Bench comes up, he'll be on his way. And Morgan pops it up. The short left field. Rudy glasses down on that tough sun field, but it's very high, and he's got it. And Hunter has Joe Morgan. And has had his number all day. Has got him... The strikeout, foul out to the catcher, reached on the mare, and now lets the lazy fly to left. And now Bobby told him he was 0 for 3, he is struck out, and popped the Campanaires at short twice. This is the inning in which Cincinnati is not poor or die yet, but this is their big part of the lineup, and there's a breaking pitch to Tolan. He swings through it, strike one. Cincinnati was only shut out here at Riverfront Stadium four times in 1972. They're being shut out now. Fighter Blue and Raleigh Fingers are throwing just in case Hunter needs some help. The A's want to go home with that two-game lead. Back with the fastball, and he's got Tolan swinging again. The big job for Hunter, for any pitcher against Cincinnati, is get those top three men, Rose, Morgan, and Tolan. Out of them all today, Rose has reached once on the base hit, Morgan on an arrow. That's been it. The two-strike pitch coming to Tolan, and he just does get a piece of it and fouls it to the screen. Two runs, seven hits, and two errors that cost them nothing for the A's. No run, four hits, no errors. For the Reds, we are in the last of the eighth inning. In game two, Tolan, bat held high. He's in the shade. Hunter, the pitcher, is in the sun and throws the pitch low and away. Ball one. One ball, two strikes. Big Johnny Bench. One for two today. On deck. Tolan wants to reach and allow Bench a chance to tie it at two by hitting one out of here. One and two. Ball is hit to right field. Alou is there. Started in. Now backs up and off to his right. And again, Johnny Bench comes to bat with nobody on base. Well, no matter how this World Series turns out, they're going to say that in the first two games at least, the Oakland pitching staff did a superb job of keeping men off base with Johnny Bench coming up. And as any Cincinnati Red or their fans will tell you, that is how, if you're to beat the Reds, you will. Bench right-hander swings on the first pitch, strike one. Blue and fingers continue to walk. Nobody's in the Cincinnati bullpen. Two to nothing to score. We are in the last of the eighth. A curveball that has fouled out of play and back at first base. The realization being that if they can retire Bench here as they go to the ninth inning, it'll be Perez, Minky, and Geronimo. A Jim Capsis Hunter Mace must face. 21-7 on the season. He went 15 in the third innings in the playoffs, allowing two runs, and only one average of 1.17 in the playoffs, and he's allowed nothing so far today. Curve is outside. The bench is one ball, two strikes. Hunter Wake, tennis. Is captured. Flashes the signal, comes back with a fastball, hits the right center field ball, carries out there, and back goes the little warning track near the wall and takes it. It's just another long out, and Bench stops between first and second, realizing that that is the third out of the eighth inning. 
And at the end of eight, Oakland continues to lead Cincinnati 2-0. Well, look at action in the National Hockey League on a Saturday night. The Montreal Canadiens won their third straight game in the National Hockey League. Well, not their third straight, but picked up their third win. And they have a tie, so they have yet to lose in their first four starts. This one a 6-1 win over the New York Rangers. The Chicago Blackhawks also or did win their fourth straight. They are 4-0, 4-2 four over the St. Louis Blues. And the Detroit Red Wings ran their third win in a row, a 5-0 win over Philadelphia. In other NHL games, Philadelphia, uh, Pittsburgh beat the California Golden Fields 5-2. Toronto beat Los Angeles 6-4. The Boston Bruins beat the New York Islanders 7-4. Atlanta and Buffalo played to a 1-1 tie. And Minnesota and Vancouver tied at 3-3. Only two games in the World Hockey Association Saturday. New York beat Ottawa 8-6. Cleveland missed Alberta 3-2. Young Chris Everett will battle Australia's Kerry Melville Sunday for the top prize in the Virginia Slims Tennis Tournament at Boca Raton, Florida. Miss Everett gained the finals with a 6-4, 6-2 upset over Billie Jean King on Saturday. Line scores, we go to the top half of the ninth inning. For Oakland, two runs, they've had seven hits. Made two miscues, which didn't cost them. For Cincinnati, no runs, four hits to no errors. Sal Bando steps in to face Tommy Hall, and once again, here is Jim Simpson. All right, Marnie, Bando one for three, lead off single in the second inning. That is working against Tom Hall, and take five inside, ball one. Hall is the third pitcher, Ross Grimsley started it. Gave up the two runs. Catfish Hunter, the pitcher drove in one in the second. Rudy, home run in the third, was the other. That's the only score today. Hall throws fastball outside. Didn't think he had missed, but Honicic says that's ball two. Two and oh. Lead off batter Sal Bando. To George Hendricks and Gene Tennessefato. Ground ball toward the shortstop. Cheney in, gobbles it up, throws on, and Bando running very well. Nevertheless, is out by a step or two. That'll bring up Hendricks. Well, since the World Series has become a seven-game affair, only five times in the history of the World Series has the team lost the first two and then come back to win. But in every case, the team that won the first two did it at home and then had to go on the road for three games. Here's Hendricks. So in other words, as there's a strike to Hendricks, no team has ever lost the first two at home and then come back to win the World Series. Cincinnati would have to break precedent. Back with a change up, and it's fouled off and behind home plate and in the seat. Hendrick is 0 for 3 today, but reached on a force play in the second and scored ahead of Hunter's run scoring single. Two strikes to Hendrick. Some of this record crowd of 53,224 have started for the exits, although the Reds have a history of coming back. Low inside, then slugs it, keeps it in front of him, knocks it down. Anybody that remembers the final game of the playoff championships with the Pittsburgh Pirates would have to stick around. These Reds never get in. One ball, two strikes. you got to beat them. They're not going to beat themselves. All back throws the fastball line to the right. Morgan playing very deep. Slugs it and throws wide of the drive. Morgan was playing very deep. Had him. Hendrick hustling down there all the way, and Morgan threw wide of the bag, and Hendrick is on. Nichols of the Minneapolis Stars, Earl Austin of the Cincinnati Post, Ron Barton of the Hilton Tribune have the three scores here, and they have given Hendrick a base hit. And he'll take it. That's his first major league 
I think they World Series base hit. Oh, for two yesterday and oh, for three before that. What an oh. What's the old cliche baseball? It'll look like a line drive. Base hit in the box score tomorrow. George will take Already, the total tennis. With a 1-0 count, a now steps off just to keep Hendricks back. Imagine Tom is not thinking that George is going, but wants to keep him close enough to set up the possible double play. Now throws tennis. Fly ball, short left field. Rose coming on. Now relaxing under it and has it for the second out. That'll bring up Dick Green. Singled, an important single with two out of the second inning. Slides are right in the fourth and looked at a third call strike in the seventh. Oakland leads it two to nothing. We are in the top of the ninth. The Reds have one more chance for their five, six, seven batters in the last of this inning. And then win, lose, or draw. Everybody packs up and gets out of here and goes out to the Bay Area to Oakland, California. The series will resume on Tuesday evening at 8.30 Eastern Time. Wherever you are listening around the world, and I forgot to say hello to all of you who are listening in Europe, Paris, Japan, South America, and the tips of things. All is ready, fouled, behind home plate, near the open dugout, fences over, masked off, but that's going to be in the seats by four or five rows. One strike, a big dream. They set a record here yesterday in attendance, and they broken that record today. 53,244. One strike to count to Green, right-handed batter. And today, Monty will have to check his book out. I'm sure he followed the A's all year long. And his last round that one man went all the way at second base for the A's. Not often. Green didn't do it yesterday. Kubiak came in and made two important outs in the ninth inning. Fastball, top toward third base, but it's fouled. It'll be gloved by Minky there. It was during the uh, last series of the year in Kansas City, and they let Dick Green play all the way one night. They let Dal Maxfield play all the way one night and take Kubiak just so they could all three get a few uh, times at bat. What kind of streak did that break, Marty? How long had it been since that had happened? Well, it had been something like uh, four or five weeks before anybody played all the way or since. Two strikes now, still to Dick Green. Swings and a foul kick. Henrik was dashing towards second base, never split. And some of the A's uh, have told Monty that they really don't know where to slide on this with the carpet almost all the way between first and second base. Campanella's had some work for you, didn't he, Monty? It particularly bothered him yesterday. He said, I was running along, I just ran out of traction. I didn't know exactly when to hit it. You know, interesting thing about that second base uh, situation, uh, Dow Maxville started five straight games for the A's and never came to bat once. The A's were behind when he came up every time in the second inning, and he just never batted for five games. All right, two out on the ninth. Henrik at first, two strikes to Green. All from the set position. Now throws, and Green lines it foul down the line and deep. Out in front of a breaking set. Throws it foul and deep. Dick had no home run, three RBIs, but because of his back surgery, only came to bat 42 times during the regular season. He was with the ball slept a week working out before he was finally pronounced fit, okay, and put on the roster. But Dick Williams likes a man like Green in there. He has got team leadership at one time as the captain of the ball club back in the Kansas City days. Two strikes to Green. Oakland two, Cincinnati nothing, ninth inning, checks the first base, and it's a high throw, but Perez has no trouble in dragging it down, and Hendrick has no problem in getting back in time. All set again. Green steps in. 
Another check at first base. Hall has given up two base hits. Man has been walked. In the two innings that he has worked, or one and two-thirds innings that he's worked, and is trying to get out of this so that the Reds can try to come back in the last of the night. Throws the pitch, and there's a drive. Base hit into center field. Hendricks comes around, pulled and held up a little bit, perhaps as if to decoy Hendrick, but the play was right in front of George, and he stops at second base. And that brings up Catfish Hunter. And no matter whether you're a Cincinnati fan or Oakland fan, this fella has done quite a job this afternoon. He's allowed four hits and really never been in any real trouble except in the second inning when an infield hit and a walk put him in trouble. And so what did he do? He struck out the side. Hunter also has driven in one of the two runs. He is one for three. is ready with runners at first and second base. First pitch is ball one. All set, looks back at Hendrick and throws again. It's up high and it is quickly 2-0 and Hunter steps out and looks down to Norn who looks into Dick Williams and says, uh, what do we do now? It's going to be interesting to see after the game and the interviews if the story comes out that Hunter has told maybe one time in his major league career about how he gained such good control. He said, I learned to throw well by throwing corn cobs at a hole in a barn in North Carolina. Bedford, North Carolina, back with a pitch outside. Clay Carroll is up and throwing, and now another pitcher goes down to join him, and Bench comes out. All to the pitcher, Hunter has missed, and not the... Uh, has not been around the strike zone. It's not been just off the plate. He has thrown three high or wide pitches to Captain Fish Hunter, and it's 3 0. Throughout 3 0, let us see whether or not they're giving Catfish. They're <laughs> trying to go ahead and swing away on 3 0, or whether he is taking to load the bases and bring up a fellow by the name of Campanaris. Don't you think he'd be taking? He's taking, and he draws ball four. They've walked, the base is loaded, and Campanaris is coming up. Second walk given up by Hall. Hunter puts on the jacket this chilly afternoon and walks ever so slowly down the first base as Irv Norn crops in to make sure Campanaris knows what they're going to try to do. Sparky Anderson paces back and forth in the Cincinnati dugout. Reds lost yesterday 3-2 to two, are losing here in the night 2 to nothing, And the A's have loaded them up with two outs with both their eight, nine batters reaching base. A single to green, and there's a pitch that's out of the strike zone, up high, and it's ball one to Campanaris. Green reached on a base hit, and he walked Hunter on four pitches. The pitcher. Pitching from the lineup now with the bases loaded. Hall comes right back with a fastball. It is inside, and it is two and nothing. Hall now just steps back. Off the mound goes to the Rosenberg. Campanero stares down to Irv Norn, the third base coach who gives him the sign. That bullpen remains busy for the Reds. Two to nothing. They don't want another run to score here in the ninth inning. Comes back and throws one right down the middle. Two balls, one strike. Looking though Hall then knew that Campanaris would be taking all the way because he had thrown six pitches that were not in the strike zone and just aimed it down the middle. Two and one. Campanaris, the right-handed batter, crouching in over the plate. 
The center hall throws, swings, and a miss. It's two and two. Hendrick is at third base. Green at second. Hunter on at first. Has the sign. Nod. Throws on 2 2 foul behind the plate. Still, two balls, two strikes to Campanero. Suspended for the playoff series because of the bat throwing incident in the second game. Not allowed to play. He's been allowed to play in the World Series, but will miss the first week of action next year. Under two balls, two strikes. Already. Throws the fastball and he gets a bit of it in thousands of the screen. And that's the pitch that Campanera's wanted. That pitch is out over the plate, and Campy had a good swing at it, but didn't get it. It's two and two. Monty, we keep talking about the record crowd here. It seems as though you and I have been sitting here talking to ourselves. It's it just been, I would imagine, one of the quietest of all World Series crowds. The ball, two strikes, all right back, throws a blazing fastball and strikes it out. No runs, two hits, no errors, and the bases are left loaded. They go to the last of the ninth. The Reds have one more chance. They trail Oakland two to nothing. The United States retained the Davis Cup today on the strength of Stan Smith's clutch performance against Romania's Eon Syriac. Smith defeated the 33-year-old Syriac in a three-hour match before 6,000 noisy, excitable Romanian fans in Bucharest. Smith won 4-6-6-2-6-4-2-6-6-love, wearing down Syriac in the final set. There were frequent disputes over line calls as the fans roared their support for Kyriak. With the United States leading 2-1 going into the match, Kyriak head to win for Romania to stay alive in the Davis Cup competition. Kyriak rose to the occasion and played superbly. When he leveled at two sets all with the crowd on its feet, cheering a very or every point he wanted, it appeared he might upset Smith. But Smith, as he has every year for the last five years, hung on to win the decisive point in the Davis Cup victory. Romania, the first communist country to stage the final round of the Davis Cup, failed to break the domination by the big four tennis powers. Since the Davis Cup started in 1900, only the U.S., Australia, Britain, and France have won it. Well, we go to the last half of the ninth inning, and the man on the Oakland 50 staff who finished the game more times than he started than any other pitcher, Jim Catfish Hunter, with 16 complete games with three outs away from his biggest win of his major league career. As we go to the last half of the ninth inning, the A's have two runs on nine hits, the Reds no runs on four hits, and here's Jim Simpson. All right, Monty, and Perez is in trouble for Hunter today. Drew Walk in the second, single top in the fourth, and grounded into a, double, a fourth play in the sixth. Hunter pitching, drawing, and a foul of the screen. Should Cincinnati lose today? It would be their seventh consecutive World Series loss at home. They haven't won a home game in the World Series since 1940 against Detroit. They would like to win this one today. Hunter right back, breaking it, just missed outside. Hunter thought he had it. One ball, one strike to Perez, the Dennis Minky on deck. Cincinnati was only shut out seven times all season long, the lowest in the National League. Hunter is trying to do that today. Back again with the fastball. Misses low and away, and it is 2-1 to Perez. A's lead it 2-0, but left and fly back to Oakland this afternoon with a two-game ball. Perhaps they don't know it, but no team has ever lost the first two games at home and then gone on to win a World Series. Back again, fouled out of play. The basketball fouled off to the right. It is two balls, two strikes. 
steps out. Hunter gets the new ball. The Oakland bullpen is busy. The Red bullpen is busy. Hunter looks in for the sign. Ready for the 2-2 pitch. Throws the fastball line block. Campanero's over his glove. He keeps it his play, and Perez keeps the Reds alive. And now the potential sign on Messi comes to bat. Just the fifth hit. Off Jim Capsley's hunter. But it's a big one. Menke has struck out on the second, swinging to a far high fastball, and has since rounded into a double play and drowned it out. Mando checks with Williams. And a big point here is if Menke should hit it on the ground. Those A's have had trouble turning over the double play here on this carpet. Pitch. Line to left field. Back to Woody. Looking up. He's got it. Against the wall. And now we're turning to first base. Goes for it. And there's a fielding gem of the 1972 World Series. Hendrick is all the way over left field. Slapping Woody on the back. He went four or five or six feet in the air. And when he came down, it's what they call an ice cream zone. A lot of the white was showing. But Joe Woody the line drive of Dennis Menke, and that's enough to bring Dick Williams out of there with his score call. I tell you, Rudy has been at uh, Jim when we signed on yesterday and started talking about the A's ball club. We said the most consistent performer Oakland has had all year, both in the field and at the plate, has been Joe Rudy. And that is what you call wiping it off the wall. Just about every World Series has become famous for defensive plays, and I think when they make the World Series film highlights this year, that will be one of the opening shot. Now Jim Honnick goes out to a Williams on the mound and this might be saying, look, we've got left-hander Geronimo coming up. You want to face him or there's quite a blue out there and Hunter has given him the word he wants to face Geronimo. He's struck him off, forced him to ground out and hit a lazy fly to center field. Geronimo did hit a home run in the playoffs. Two to nothing to score. Geronimo represents the tie run. Perez is at first base. And he was around second base and wheeling for third. No idea, no denial. And I believe very few others of us thought that Joe Rudy would make that catch. Looks like the Reds were right back in business. Bando, Jim. Baseball ball is chopped with one at the third base. Fastball is fouled away. Keegan is holding the runner on at first. Green and Caponaris are back on the carpet, well and back at second and short. But Bando is in on the carpet in front of third base. They are playing Geronimo to hit to the other way. The other field. Not to pull the ball. But he pulls the ball. What a catch! Oh my, Keegan is off to the catch-up and catch the bag. Keegan has saved a big hit. That's the reason he goes in the ball game, Jim. He is just incredible over there. With the runner being held at first base, it's impossible to think he could get a glove on that ball. Two are out. Perez goes down to second base. Two fabulous. I know that's an overused word, but two fabulous feeling plays. Turned in by Joe Rudy, who had much the more spectacular. But of course, when he can slide that ball down, that saves runners being at first and third. Now it looks as though how McRae is going to come on. 
Bill Cheney not getting a chance to bat. McRae yesterday had a one and two count, as I recall, on him. The fighter blue and blue threw him a little curveball, and McRae laced it to left field for a base hit. Two out now. Catfish Hunter, one out away from winning the second World Series game and putting the Reds down two to nothing in games and heading for the opponent's ballpark. Bando raced to the dugout to ask Dick Williams something. Now he's in back of the bag, near the line, the guard against the extra base hit. They'll give him the one run, but they don't want the extra base hit. Drop ball in the hole, right there. Around third base comes for Reds. The blue goes to second. They'll give him the one run. It's two to one. Forces Radio in the Canal Zone. This is STM 790 and 1420. The Patriots have scored on a 41-yard touchdown run by Carl Garrett. The extra point by Gogolak and the Jets now leading New England 21 to 13. In the third period, a touchdown by Paul Warfield and a 19-yard pass from Earl Morrill. Now Miami 24, San Diego 3. Raleigh Fingers, who had some incredible saves in the playoffs against the Detroit Tigers, he came into one of the games with runners at first and third and nobody down in extra innings and did not allow a run. He went into another one of the playoff games against Detroit with runners at first and third and one out and did not allow a run. And he came on here yesterday in the ball game against uh, the Cincinnati ball club and pitched one and two-thirds innings, striking out three batters. He came on with Johnny Bank at second base in a one-to-nothing game at that time. And uh, he kept Bench from going over. 
to uh, third base by striking out the right-handed batting Perez. Then he struck out Dennis Minty, and then he got Geronimo to line out to left field. He then picked into the next inning, gave up a single to Concepcion, then struck out Ulander at a critical time, and after walking, Rose was taken out. Well, this is the beginning, the biggest get of the world, too. The fingers and the A's get out of it. They go home with a two-game to none lead. If the Reds do come back, they will come back from the brink of disaster and perhaps tell shot the Oakland A's and go west with no worse than a 50-50 split. Over at first base is McRae. Fingers ready. Two out. Two to one to score. Last of the ninth. The right-hander prepares the throw. Brown foul off to the right. The air 209 hitter, remember, during the regular season. Rounded out yesterday and his only inch-hitting role prior to this in this World Series. But in the World Series of 67 and 68 against Boston and Detroit, was better than a 350 hitter. Strike one to stop to Javier. Raleigh fingers out there now, checks the first base, just to make sure that McRae is close. Keegan brings the ball back to it. Might have had a mix-up on signals there and thought Egan a little sure of what might happen. It came pretty close to Boston right there, and I would imagine Mike's going to remind Raleigh, don't give him that knee bend again. One strike. Looking, going to break, he's hit, swinging a miss, and he's out in front of Javier, 0-2. Threw him the fastball first, and Javier fouled off to the right. Then came in with a big, slow curve, and it's 0-2. Angels, as Monty described to me, as a man that's uh, this kind of situation. He's never been in the World Series before, but Fletcher does not bother. Doesn't bothers any of your real good relief pictures, of which Raleigh Fingers is one. Comes back with a breaking pitch, low and away, backhanded by Tennis in the dirt. That is one ball, two strikes. Oakland two, Reds one. We are in the last of the ninth with two out as Javier steps out. Hunter worked eight and two-thirds innings. Gave up one run. Should be responsible for another. Six hit, struck out six, and walked three. There goes the runner. Big curveball. It is popped up in play. Deacon comes off first base. Has it. Oakland goes home. Leading two games to none. Fingers does the job for Catfish Hunter. The entire Oakland team is out on the field in the playing diamond looking for Raleigh Fingers. Two runs, nine hits, two errors for the winning A's, one run, six hits, no errors for the Reds. Well, in a World Series in which the Oakland A's were the decided underdogs, everywhere uh, that they were talking about the favorites, they had to favor this tremendous Cincinnati ball club, a very highly talented club. Both these teams coming right off a very hard five-game playoff series to win their way into the World Series. Neither team really hitting the ball well, but the A's hitting it well enough and getting super pitching. And today, defense was the name of the game in the late innings for the Oakland A's. Joe Rudy made one of the greatest catches I've ever seen in following this game of baseball. Mike Egan made a tremendous play at first base, almost turned it into a double play. And then, of course, the combination of the great relief work by Raleigh Fingers, who had to get one man and got him. But I think, Jim, you have to look back for the turning point of this ball game when Jim Hunter, in the second inning, leading only one to nothing, had runners at first and second and nobody down, and reached back and got all that big extra stuff that he had to have to strike out Dennis Minchie, Cesar Geronimo, and then he walked Keeney intentionally to pitch to Ross Grimsley and struck him out. And that is what you call World Series pressure pitching 
and he is the winner today as a result of that. Amani will also point out that uh, Joe Hootie not only made that fantastic catch in the ninth inning, but it was his home run that won the ball game as it turned out. That was the game winner in this 2-1 ball game. Well, the second game of the 1972 World Series now history and the surprising Oakland Athletics ahead two games to nothing by virtue of their 2-1 victory. Of course, Oakland, the underdog, but supposed to have good pitching, probably as good, if not better, all around than Cincinnati, and it has proven true thus far. The pitching is held up in the first game, of course. Kenny Holtzman relieved by Raleigh Fingers and then Fida Blue. And in this game, Tapsley Tenner going eight and two-thirds of me, and Fingers coming on to get the all-important save. So they're getting ready to move back now to Oakland or move to Oakland for the first time. A night game scheduled, as is the custom, as it started in 1971 during the week. Three night games in Oakland, and of course the A's with a chance now to win it at home before the hometown fans up two games to nothing. Scheduled the pitch for the Oakland A's on Tuesday night when the series resumes. Johnny Blue Moon Odom, his opposition, one of two pitchers, possibly Jack Billingham and possibly Don Gullett. And during the course of this game, Mr. Gullett was warming up in the bullpen for Cincinnati. And whether he was warming up to possibly coming in relief in this game, game number two, or possibly because he was warming up just trying to get into some work for game number three. But as it stands, either Don Gullett or Jack Billingham, game number three for the Cincinnati Reds. This broadcast was authorized and the rights granted by the Commissioner of Baseball, solely for the entertainment of the AFRTS listening audience. Any publication, rebroadcast, or other use of the descriptions and accounts of this game without the express written commission, uh, written consent of the Commissioner of Baseball is prohibited. Our thanks once again to Jim Simpson and Monty Moore of NBC Radio. The final score once again, game two, Oakland two, Cincinnati one. Army Sergeant Preston Klaus speaking along with T.C. Carter for our engineers at Claynock, Ernie Gamble. This has been a presentation of AFRTS Sports in Washington. This is the American Forces Radio and Television Service.